action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 151 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside G. John Chase. It's Dick Diggity Dog. And Kieran O'Rourke. What's up now Elton John? (laughs) And we are back this week to return to the critically acclaimed Monday Night War timeline covering January and February of the year 2000. We have entered uh, the new millennium. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, on our Monday Night War timeline series, very much looking forward to talking all about every Raw, every Nitro, every pay-per-view from these two months, January and February. Uh, as a disclaimer, of course, if you haven't heard any of our previous timeline episodes uh, to get a flavour of what we've been doing since the start here, uh, you can go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com to, uh, to check out the previous episodes of the timeline. And, uh, and Kieran, we mentioned on the last uh, podcast that we will be going to Las Vegas for Double or Nothing. AEW's first show. Indeed. Luke Edwards will be joining us. Indeed. As well. So I believe, and, and we've, we talked about it, I think we should make it official. Post show podcast. We're going to do a post show podcast. I think post show live, <laughs> live from there. A PSP. Absolutely. Post show pod. <laughs> live from Vegas, baby. We're going to do it. But we've got a lot to talk about here, so let's get to it. Again, there's a question uh, about an issue on the last podcast as we ended the year 1999. So we found the answer in the Observer, of course. We have a Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Torch. Uh, newsletter notes from the period of time to give us a little bit of an added insight uh, and the answer to the question we got was the WWF sold the rights to broadcast Sunday Night Heat and four WWF pay-per-views to Channel 4 in the United Kingdom for £700,000 so that's how much it went for Heat the Rumble Backlash fully loaded and Armageddon seven hundred grand uh, per year mm. so it was a two year deal and they did not renew for a third <laughs> but uh that was that. We have a, uh, a Nitro and a Raw on January the 3rd here. Before that, though, Vince Russo called a meeting of everybody to try and air out any problems before Nitro, telling people if they had a problem doing anything asked of them to come to them about it directly, probably stemming from Bret Hart's reaction to being asked to run over Sid's car with the monster truck that we talked about in December, which was just fucking mind-blowing. There is so much mind-blowing shit on <laughs> these two shows, particularly Nitro, though. Yes. Hell. The meeting seemed to go along fine. Then Russo told the group that he was giving the tag team titles to David Flair and Crowbar because he wanted to reward her good work. <laughs> it didn't go over with anyone because of the feeling that having them as champs destroys whatever value the belts have. At one point in the, new, in, the, uh, in the meeting, Kevin Nash started complaining, imagine that, about the food and the fact they have to be in the building at 1pm, they can't tan and they can't be in the gym. It wound up with Gary Juster arguing with Nash and Perry Satin getting involved. Later, Nash and Satin both went to Russo and complained that they uh, should have been yelled at for their suggestion since it was supposed to be an open forum and Russo agreed with them fucking stay at this place by the way this may tie into the fact that we mentioned on the last uh, episode of the timeline David Flair is like second biggest ratings draw on the show now behind Goldberg <laughs> yeah but Goldberg's not on the show not anymore so <laughs> David Flair's top so he's getting the belts no Let's move to Nitro first here. Uh, a poor show, writes Dave Meltzer. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I care. Uh, the, the, the shitty tag team tournament continues, the one that we I refused oh, to even begin reviewing my God. At, the, at the end of the last one. Interesting to note, though, the powers that be referenced but not shown on the air for the second week in a row. Things are changing here. 
uh, behind the scenes in WCW. The matches that we get here, Flair and Crowbar as a team against Midnight and Lash LaRue. These are the oddball tag teams, of course. Mike Rotunda and Buzzkill versus the Harris Boys. Bagwell and Canyon versus Smiley and Asia. They kind of speak for themselves, these matches. If you've seen one Vince Russo television show, you've pretty much seen these matches time and time again. Disarray between the teams. One team goes over, no one cares. Uh, Lex Luger versus Tank Abbott is, is booked for the show. It's awful. Luger doesn't even get touched. Liz sprays him in the face. Abbott has to sell the, the, the spray in the eyes. Looked like he'd never sold before in his life. Well, he probably hasn't. <laughs> uh, Luger there is a staggering, staggering array of non-wrestling wrestlers on this show. On Nitro. It's Which, amateur hour. It is so amateurish. And this is to preface the fucking two months coming, but... Jesus Christ. No wonder David Flair... David Flair looks like... He is... His natural position is a leader of a clique in this, on this roster. That's how bad this roster is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the roster. The roster's good, but they don't... Does it the position like They shit? don't use talent on... They leave them at home, I guess. Yeah. They want to, to burn them out. And, and the guys on TV, it's unbelievable. The guys that are on the air oh, the, oh, are shocking. Jesus. So, Tank Abbott's selling his eyes. Jerry Flynn... <laughs> A lot of Flynn this month. Uh, comes out and starts throwing kicks at the blinded Abbott, who doesn't sell them. So, no, just becomes a theme. Yeah, just, just poor work. Uh, they're, they're doing a big thing all throughout the show about the new commissioner. The new commissioner. They do the motorcade. Oh. They really oh. drag this thing out. People are chanting, we want Flair. Yeah. People are really kind of getting excited. <laughs> and then Terry Funk comes out of the limousine. Yeah. And comes to the ring... He says that Arn Anderson is his enforcer, which is nice. Arn comes out and cuts a better promo than anyone on the show's done in months. Yep. Um, but the crowd's still chatting for Flair. <laughs> uh, the NWO then comes out, the, uh, the newly formed NWO, of course. There's Jarrett, uh, Steiner, Nash, Brett yep. is, is your foursome. But of course, this is post Goldberg kick. Yeah. Keep that in mind mm-hmm. as we progress, by the way. Um, and they vow to kill David Flair. <laughs> so. Alright then, the rest of the show is spent with like the NWO like running around backstage looking for him, Funk and Anderson looking backstage for David, at one point they kidnap Daphne, Jarrett captures Daphne and drags her into a room, David Flair comes out and he's screaming. Yeah, at, one, at one point the NWO come out on the stage with Daphne and then go backstage, at which point they cut to David Flair, slightly to the right I think, yeah. coming out from a, some kind of fire escape, apparently looking for Daphne, unaware of where she is, she was just on like... In front of thousands of people. We all know where she National is. television. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. I did like that, though. They cut, they came out to show that they'd illegally kidnapped somebody and then took her to the back calmly. It, 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 was, more, it was more just um, with, with, with Funk being announced, the, 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 the stale fart uh, that was that announcement. And it's just uh, the audience reaction when I saw this was, was fucking hilarious. Uh, to say the least because just uh, I think it was um, Tony that turns around and just goes look at the audience they're stunned <laughs> yeah all you can see it's not stunned faces but absolute um, mediocrity I guess that's, that's probably apathy. the way that. apathy that's it I think that you might actually be kind of doing a little bit of a service here because there were people who were like and you won't be able to see my expression but it's like ah, yeah. confusion it was genuine it, who? <laughs> uh, to, to be honest, this this was not a good show for me to come back on to. Okay, uh, yeah. Ryan, I did I did listen to the the, the previous podcast from uh, July '99 onwards to catch up on you guys, and but Jesus Christ, I mean, uh, you guys were great on the podcast, but it, oh, and, thank you. But you still, did, but it still didn't quite show 
uh, or, or tell me exactly how bad things were. So I just plop nothing right can prepare you. Because the thing that gets me was just something like like as soon as like the kind of the show started, it was just uh, one of the commentators uh, basically just started with like some sort of tagline like the start of the new millennium. Oh yeah, just, like, oh, like, like, the, start, the start of the new millennium. Bam, 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 bam. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I already know the fall is coming because it's WCW. And like the first match, as you already mentioned. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you do, before you do, it's you gotta tell me what you sent me on that message. <laughs> After they've done the rundown, this is the, the opening monologue from Tony. He says something along the lines of, well, it's gotta get better from here. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, well, it's obviously a false promise. <laughs> <laughs> but it said like a disclaimer of how shit things have been up to that point yeah. that, that particular point in time they didn't get better they, did, they didn't get better at all <laughs> I but, love that but it's just this picture like that you know it's the start of the new millennium and then the first match out is a fucking road dog rip off and IRS oh and god you gotta it's hate that it's the just, fucking it's, music's a new age out so was rip off so many WWE references yeah. WWE references on the show rip offs all over the it's place it's just that juxtaposition of start of the new millennium and then straight away the first thing we see is Sullivan and IRS it's like, that's, that's like because when I think of the millennium I always think about my taxes you know? I'll, 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 also, I'll also mention Slappy New Year that was terrible Jeff Jarrett's got some horrible ones he can fuck off at one so point at off. one point during this month he just like, takes the mic and says holy slap nuts and just yeah. gets complete silence yeah no, no, no one gives a shit about that catchphrase um, Lex Luger dressed as Sting yeah, it's which good. is quite funny because it didn't look right, and not just from the fact that someone else dressed as Sting. It just—it's the wig. It's the, WCW yeah. the world to Sting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. The the third match of Flair and Crowbar versus uh, Lash Larue and Midnight or Black China, I guess, is probably the best way to describe it. Is a fucking mess. What do you expect? It's, it's, it's just uh, as you expect, but I mean, genuinely, just it's David Flair and Midnight in the same <laughs> ring, and Midnight's like the third best workman in this match, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a complete and utter mess. As I said, you get you get Flair and uh, Crowbar winning the tag titles uh, by the end of the night in uh, what I put down here as uh, a really shit overbooked main event. Uh, Arn Anderson comes out as referee, hits an ass with a crowbar, and screws the heels, and then afterwards, David Flair beats up Anderson, yeah, for helping him. <laughs> NWO beats up security because you know they've got to get their heat back they just last and then Heenan ends the show on the line of what a year we have ahead of us we'll get nothing but better <laughs> just like Tony promised just just, just keep on drinking yeah. <laughs> keep on drinking Heenan don't and worry you've only got a couple more weeks to go we we, we got we got to give a, a special tip of the uh, cap here to the absolutely fucking terribly lazy effort of Scott Steiner and Kevin Nash in this show where they do two matches before Steiner doesn't even wrestle no <laughs> Steiner doesn't wrestle Nash doesn't do anything in his two matches before the final and then in the final obviously like you say it's, 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 the, it's the bullshit finish and there you go the only other thing I've noticed is Sid wrestling Jeff Jarrett in a match can only end with a powerbomb stipulation which ends in a disqualification mm-hmm. I'd say that description by G there of, of the main event um what was it? Overbooked mess. Shit. Really shit overbooked main event. Yeah. We don't need to explain, describe any of the match, uh, main, main event, this, these two months on, on Nitro. That will that suffice. That, that will suffice. That will suffice for yeah. everything. Yeah. Just mm. cut and paste that bit yeah. of audio drop and just it, keep playing it. <laughs> it, was, it was poor. Over on Raw, we're in Miami. The Rock's hometown. Fucking greatness. And he comes out, the show starts with The Rock doing a promo, and he's just God in this town. And I just, I tell you what, Oh, didn't this just set off the, the, the month perfect for the WWF? Just the Rock in Miami being the man. 
Uh, and, and I could carry on for leopard print that jacket. leopard print jacket that's money oh yeah did you see the one when Triple H makes his this is the Triple H thing that happens oh, a few yeah. times this month he goes oh uh, thanks for wearing your mum's jacket or something yeah rock. there's an old lady rock, out back yeah and Rock kind of just looks at, <laughs> looks at the crowd doesn't even bother lifting up the mic to his mouth shakes his head <laughs> and, and mouths terrible <laughs> <laughs> and that was the disdain and I was trying to think, think that was that up. Triple H trying to be a cool heel totally oh was it because there's it, a few it, times during effect, this month he, he tries it loads but he's so shit at it and Rock just buries him that he actually comes off like he's trying to be a dick he's yeah. just like a heel he's not yeah. funny so it actually works for him yeah. but if it was anyone else he'd just like shit he's shit comedy it's the fact that it's like he just gets like the fucking fart like reaction yeah. from the crowd <laughs> it's like, there's another one later in the month where like the fans chat an asshole he says hey the yeah. Rock's trying to entertain you don't say that about him and the crowd's just like Nothing. <laughs> no, no heat. And Rock just shakes his head. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Just, yeah, it, it is a running theme of, uh, of uh, at least uh, January because it's just it's absolutely hilarious. Because obviously a lot of people commented like it's a great year for Triple H to be honest, and uh, and he's a great heel in this. And when you watch the, that kind of um, that interaction, you 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 would, you, you would be wrong to initially think like, oh, this is like great. Triple H is a really good heel here. Like he's he's been like he's been. Deliberately lame with his jokes because that's what a heel should be. The heel shouldn't be cool. As Kieran's already mentioned, the great twist on this is that Paul Levesque thinks he's actually <laughs> funny and he thinks he can be as funny as Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. And so he's been genuine in trying to outcome. He's not trying to be a cool heel, he's trying no. to be a cool babyface because he's like, I can be you. I don't need you. I can be you. But he isn't and he can't and he never will be he's Biff Tannen so yeah he's Biff Tannen main event here by the way does get set up Triple H says that it's going to be Rock versus X back and the Outlaws three on one if the Rock loses he's fired dun 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 um, Stefan comes out to settle the IC title controversy uh, obviously there are unfortunately there's a draw on Smackdown between Jericho and China and thus we get the famous co-intercontinental champions mm-hmm. phase yeah. um, the men cheer Jericho the women cheer China Jericho looks fantastic here as well. Well, just saying, just just a running theme. This is just something I, I kind of noticed from comparison to WCW, but also modern day WWE. It's just um, people look like, like stars. stars. They look unique, as we already mentioned. with Rock in his awesome leopard jacket, which you could, which I which really should kind of bring back. I mean, not for his acting roles, but you know, like towards the end, he just oh, started yeah. uh, when he did come back. Uh, eventually, you know, he's just wearing a tracksuit. Yeah, yeah. It's like man, when the Rock used to have like the fucking gold chains and the open shirts and stuff. Yeah, he looked like fucking money. And Jericho's the same here. He's got like shiny trousers and got shiny like purple shirt on. So yeah, like, everybody yeah. on this show looks like a star. Uh, looks like a fucking star. In comp- comparison, Tank Abbott. <laughs> the whole fucking WC. There's another thing we'll get to every fucking. Why won't they wear fucking gear? No one wears gear. No one wears gear. That's the only guy who wore gear the whole month was Booker T. <laughs> God bless you, Booker. No one ever thought you were so good. <laughs> But yeah, so it's a it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Literally, now that is a good point. With all these fucking non-wrestlers in their jeans or trackies, mm-hmm. and out comes Booker working, looking a million dollars in his gear. He looks great. He does. He Booker great. stands out. Jericho in the and, and you know, now they're co-intercontinental champions. China uh, wrestles Bob Holly, and now Jericho helps her to <laughs> yeah. win. Uh, Triple H, since he can make all the matches, wins the world title, pinning the Big mm-hmm. Show with a low blow and a pedigree. Fairly, I know it sounds like a low blow pedigree, but I mean it was just like straightforward, like low blow pedigree. This might have been, a, this might as well have been a clean finish for the, all the fucking heat that got. Yeah. So thanks, Big Show. It's yeah, <laughs> not like he was over as champion. Well, then they, and then they tried to push it as he did. He won it on his own anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. They had the balloons coming from the ceiling. That big pyro. They put this on at the end of the first hour uh, because obviously, as we mentioned, Nitro now is two hours. Thank God for our God. brains. Yes. And it's back an hour. So they're not two hours head to head anymore. Only the last hour is mm-hmm. of, of Nitro is head to head. So this was going head to head with the main event of Nitro. Um, 
the they, they continue or they start actually the have a bad day vignettes with Triple H where Mankind mm. is now out of the company Mick Foley because he lost yeah. the uh, pink slip on a pole with The Rock and he's out of the company so they're doing this series of vignettes where a Mankind impersonator which is Midian uh, is is with Triple H as a doctor or is, as, this as, as like a John really interview good. Midian was really good in the role he was yeah, yeah. Wasn't Triple H was fucking terrible and again, again not very funny yeah. I think you could have done this Doctor anyway. what was it Harry Sachs whatever it was oh, I don't care <laughs> Um, it could have been good Carly's a riot <laughs> he's something and in the main event it's three on one Mick Foley does in fact return hits X-Pac and Triple X with a chair Rock uses the rock bump on Billy Gunn to win and uh, the crowd is obviously super into the rock so under the new time slot January 3rd will things get better for WCW Tony and Brain let's find out Raw does a 6.4 to Nitro's 3.3 uh, what was amazing was that virtually nobody watching Nitro switched to Raw when it was over. The Triple H title win over the Big Show drew a 6.7 final head-to-head quarter, which grew to a 6.9 for the first quarter of the second hour. There was, however, a huge audience peak with a 7.6 for the uh, Rock DX handicap match. 7.6 wow. for Rock vs. DX. Uh, but not a lot of people from WCW jumping over to Raw at this point, which is very interesting. Uh, interesting little thing to track. The entire scenario it's is obviously because Russo's done such a good job of giving them a <laughs> WWF style product that they, they don't no need to. longer need to see exactly. it anymore. Why would you need to see exactly. the WWF when you can hear a New Age Outlaws ripoff song or Oklahoma for your Jim Ross fix or Hoovy doing the Rocks promos or Hell in the Cell, which Jim, <laughs> which Bobby Heenan has never seen in his life before. <laughs> never, never. The entire scenario was involved Terry Funk this week was in fact booked for Ric Flair. Uh, in other words, they wanted Flair to come back in Greenville as the commissioner, get punked out in his neck of the woods by Kevin Nash to set up yeah. a match at Sold Out, where Flair would put up his commissionership job against the NWO having to break up for good in a match that Nash will win. Flair turned it down, and the role was offered late in the, wing- in the week to Terry Funk, uh, who accepted it, and apparently it resulted in the exact same scenario. Flair's future in WCW is very much in question. Terry Funk was technically still under contract with the WWF. He had a deal that expired in December, but because he never actually quit, the contract just rolled over for another year. Uh, because of Funk's status in the business, the WWF actually gave him a release, a voluntary release they didn't have to, to allow Funk to go to WCW. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, they didn't hold it against old yeah. Terry. So, uh, and also, it's like, they want Terry Funk? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. All right. Yeah. Who else they sign in? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Nash missed the weekend house shows where he was scheduled to headline against Sid Vicious, claiming a concussion suffered allegedly when he was hit by the rubber crowbar of Arn Anderson. <laughs> yes, a rubber crowbar claimed a concussion. Buff Bagwell also missed the weekend shows, claiming an injury, but he was healthy enough to come to Nitro. In that context, you know, that rubber 2x4 they used the other month probably did a bit of damage. Deadly. Yeah, yeah. Deadly. We mocked at the time. Kevin Nash, who suffered a concussion, wink, from a rubber crowbar, couldn't do the house shows, Bret Hart was called in to replace Kevin Nash. Bret Hart, who did suffer a real concussion at the hands of Bill Goldberg. Lovely. Hall and Nash are attempting to get a release from their contract. Imagine that. Like everyone else, Nash wants to work a program with The Rock and sees Triple H as the top heel. And, uh, and since X-Pac and Triple H are always his buddies, that guarantees him a good spot. So he wants to make the jump. Mm. Company guy Kev. Boys. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair had meetings with the higher-ups uh, on January 6th and 7th, retrospectively. Hogan agreed to return on the February 14th Nitro. Uh, that is, of course, uh, when Raw starts at 11pm because of the Westminster Dog Show. So it's a uh, guaranteed Nitro ratings boost to demonstrate the Hulk Hogan impact. So, uh, typical Hogan trick. He's done this many a time. Uh, we'll skip that to the end of the next week's show. It is January 10th on Nitro. 
or Heroes of Wrestling, as I as I wrote <laughs> down here, it left you with like absolutely no interest in seeing this pay per view whatsoever. Zero. Absolutely none. It did absolutely everything to solidify WCW as the old man company with Terry Funk. It was fucking so lame. David Flair and Crowbar retained the tag belts against Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn and Conan and Billy Kidman, uh, which leads to the scene where Saturn does the splash off the uh, the, the stage. Oh, not the stage. That the stands, isn't it? Onto Ray. <laughs> Bobby, Eden, finish. Bobby Eden goes, that must have been 50, 60, 70 feet in the air. <laughs> Well, from his, from, from he was quite far away, so it's yeah. forced perspective, I believe they call it in the in the industry. But I love the finish where like Saturn comes off the top with a splash and kills Mysterio. Somebody just like clobbers Saturn, and like fucking David Flair goes for the pin or something. And Shane Douglas is standing right there. He's literally like six inches from the co- the cover. The entire three count, and Shane Douglas in a no DQ match just starts looking around like, is someone going to help? It's, nope. it's 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 even worse than that because like at least, at least at first they kind of get the action kind of going you know the match gets going straight away, but it's an absolute clusterfuck from the absolute beginning. I mean at least it's got like a few, few decent pieces of talent in there. You know Malenko, Saturn, Kidman. The moment where Crowbar and uh, Flair who arrive late and Crowbar literally leans on the ropes ready to like do a move and he's literally leaning there for ages and then as soon as he does to like uh, run the ropes to attack uh, Kona. Kona like no sells it as in I'm not ready yet and carries on doing his thing so Crowbar just stands there like, oh, just, yeah, like someone's just you know taking his toy away from him as he just waits for Conan to allow him to attack him absolute fucking mess it's absolute disaster it was the best match on the show <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma comes out and he's doing the Andy Kaufman thing challenging women well I don't, 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 don't forget first though it's not as good don't, don't forget first though is uh, NWO arrive oh yeah because uh, it's Steiner's birthday and, with so Nash, and so Nash bought him tits. It's the year 2000, and there are a bunch of strippers from the 80s. <laughs> with the hair and everything yeah. like that. Keebler smokes these women. It's Easy. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. So, so Oklahoma's coming out doing his shtick, and, and it's the typical thing of, you know, the only thing a woman good for is bringing me a man his slippers and his beer after, after a hard day's work and all this shit. <laughs> he challenges uh, in any the kitchen, woman. Barefoot and naked. Barefoot naked. No, no, barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Asia is the one that comes out to defend uh, this is white China I guess you'd white call China, it yeah. um, comes out and, and, and ends up in a fight uh, he hits her with barbecue sauce Medusa comes out in a blue wig like a fucking mess uh, he hits her with like a broom with the bristles and she sells it <laughs> it's just disgraceful stuff um, I Medusa's cruiserweight champion yeah, yeah I forgot about that Medusa's cruiserweight champion defending against Oklahoma at the pay-per-view I would just say like after this moment here after this awful because again I'm just been dumped right in the middle of this so that Medusa's cruiserweight champion her tits are flopping all over it doesn't matter none of it makes sense anyway and uh, and Oklahoma's a thing Um, just just bear in mind again first match we had in was about five minutes okay Uh, so we have a brief uh, bit of a Stevie Ray as well because apparently he's a woman beater we have the NWO stuff and then we have Oklahoma Mm -hmm. right at this point we've had 15 minutes of no wrestling since the first match yeah just keeping tabs okay then we get a confrontation between Terry Funk Paul Orndorff and Larry Zbysko have joined uh, Funk and Arn, and they call themselves the Old Age Outlaws. Nothing like cool baby faces. <laughs> what, a get, what a way to get yourself off in the uh, get yourself over in the new millennium by referencing not just another better act, but also referencing that you're the old version of it. <laughs> the old shittier version. This, this promo. Paul Orndorff. This, this promo. Oh, yeah, this promo is absolutely. I mean, Arn does his best. Larry's is alright Larry's Larry's is really good the best one Larry has some fire in it so it's actually like fair but this is absolutely disgraceful I mean already we're one week in and they're already booing the baby faces yeah Funk's not over and this 
crowd's fucking dead for most of this. And uh, my main question I got in my notes was just shouting, like, who are the fucking heels in this? Because you get the NWO coming out, right? You get Jarrett, who I, he's a great heel because I genuinely want to slap him. No, you don't. You just want to turn the channel away. That's what I want to do. me off. And you got you got Brett and Nash who look like they would rather be anywhere else. I know Nash would be, but like Brett doesn't Brett, know where he is. <laughs> yeah, Brett doesn't know where he is. And they just cut this promo of going back and forth where Nash is trying to be funny. This is he, terrible. It's not though. a promo. He's, he's, they don't he's, promote he's, anything. <laughs> but, okay, uh, they, they talk, and what they're supposed to do here. But uh, yeah. I don't want to skip this because yeah. this is actually key. Funk says Kevin Nash and Bret Hart have to wrestle for the world title tonight, yes. and if you don't, you're going to be suspended oh. without pay for a year. And Kevin Nash just says. I could use the time off. Yeah. I've got and enough then, money. And then Brett chimes in saying, like, I've got enough money. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what a great way to get your babyface team over yeah. who's already getting booed by having the heels turn around and say, yeah, you know that threat you just gave us? Fuck we don't it. care because yeah. we have more money. We're we ace. don't need to be here. So that's that's a great... And you know what's even more... That's even worse is that there was... I'm, I turned the volume up. There was people cheering this. Of course there were. Right. So just as bad as the product is, the WCW fans are thick as fucking pig shit because it's like, yeah, you're just cheering two assholes who've just admitted they would rather go home and not perform for you it's than the, perform against each the, other for you. It's a different it's era. Ridiculous. No one cares about that. That's the, that's, that's the modern day uh, perspective of the niche that doesn't actually apply to real life, unfortunately. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is the era of fucking who's cool and who's not. And when you look at these two sides, Nash isn't cool. The NWO's well, not yeah. cool, it's fucking old. Well, but yeah. what well, are your choices? What, 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 what'd you get a choice? So Jeff Jarrett has to wrestle three times against some of Terry Funk's old friends. George Steele comes out. This is, by the way, this is in New York. It's very key because this is like Russo's. Oh. He brings in his, his WF people That's that he likes. Yeah. George Steele, uh, Tito Santana, and uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, all of whom beat Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Jesus, by the way. Yeah. Jesus. The combination. <laughs> the, the cage match. And when you've got Snooker and Benoit Rantoff, and he's thinking. I'll explain the brain damage and the murders. <laughs> yeah, yeah it wasn't good. It, it's, it's, <laughs> the thing is, it's absolutely because ben, cause just keeping track of everything. After that fucking New Age Outlaws promo, we're at 27 minutes with no wrestling. Old age, okay. old, uh, age. old age Outlaws. Sorry, and when you get to this, because there is actually a segment in between that needs to be alerted. Because what, what you've got to state here is that after you have the first match, between the first match with uh, with the tag match and the second match, which is. Jeff Jarrett versus Georgie Animal Steel, there's 50 minutes pass of television time where there's no professional wrestling on it. Where have you been? That's, like that's, been I know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, saying. I'm, I'm coming right into this. And I'm like, I just saw this gap in the time on, on the, uh, the you know, chapter. And headings. you thought, well, there's been a long oh, Benoit, Benoit match. match. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it must have been a long Benoit match. Oh, this is going to be good. And then, and watch this. And there's a, there's a segment in between with Buff and DDP. The five minute talking which, shit promo. Yeah, I think. which I just got down as a true battle of wits. <laughs> right? This 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 promo because they were trying to promote something. Were they? I what? think they were. A match on the paper. Oh, a match on the paper, okay. yeah. Fair enough. And this And the Kimberly this, saga. This, this would be hilarious if I wasn't already crying from from what I've watched earlier. It's it's this notion of oh, first off, it's it's basically a rehash of the Hogan. Uh, savage thing, really. It's, let's it's, it's not. Very, it's, I know. I let's know, not. I know, I know, let's not disgrace the name but of the as, mega powers. As in, as in, somebody's sniffing around somebody's girlfriend, and the boyfriend is like turning around and being jealous. But in this case, and in both cases, and I don't understand this, even from a wrestling terminology, <laughs> the boyfriend is the heel, even though he has due, he has the right to be angry that somebody is sniffing around his woman. And it's buff. And it's buff. 
It's like it's worse enough when it's with Lust Hogan, but like Buff Bagwell, he looks like the kind of guy that's like he's slipping your drink. He, yeah, he's he's in he's in the gym. And he's staring at a woman on on the freaking you know uh, on the bicycle or whatever, and he's just sweating profusely, not from working out, but he's waiting for the moment she leaves. And as soon as she leaves, she goes over and snorts the fucking bicycle <laughs> like it's freaking cocaine. You know, he, he just looks at, and he's turning around, going like. Hey, I'm being honest. I'm a good guy. And goes, I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I'm always truthful. And goes, I've, I've always been honest. I said, No, you haven't. I remember fucking '98. You lied about your neck. <laughs> You're the most dishonest person. I'm sorry, but if, if a guy who's called Buff, and apparently he's made of stuff, right, is lingering around my missus, no, I ain't fucking trusting you. Well, plus his neckline, his hair, his back looks like a shaven pussy. Buff previously has admitted. That he would put his stuff. he would put his stuff all over Kimberly. So I mean, and then and then says the birth about the birthmark says oh all the boys have seen the yeah. birthmark in which case Tini just punches him straight in the face yeah. and the crack goes yeah. To be fair, like like to be fair, that was actually the best bit of it. It was like actually a good punch from DDP. It's great it was punch. Like a, good, it was a really good punch. But it's just this 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 thing where you can see DDP is trying his best to try and make this have some sort of this, some sort this of angle contact. this angle is not but, bad. But but. He's got one, you know. He, he's he's made one mistake in this, uh, you know, attempt to make it serious. He's working alongside Buff, Buff Bagwell, Bagwell, who can't do serious. Benoit, he's the referee, and he's the fucking referee. He's the referee. And, Isn't that hilarious? And the thing is, maybe a bad joke, but it's, it's not supposed to be a bad joke. But generally, during that freaking match with George Animal Steer, who looks like he wants to kill himself. Oh no, he's in the. He's in the he, yeah. he looks fucking miserable and pissed off he's just there going he's the best fucking wrestler in that company he's probably watched the rest of the show yeah <laughs> he's, he's, he's the best wrestler in that company and he's in a referee shirt for three matches whilst you've got Georgie Animal Steel Tito Santana and uh, Jimmy Snooker who I wouldn't pay to see during their heyday let alone fucking <laughs> January 2000 or again in freaking 2019 so hang on a second here we've got, we got, we got, we got to not skip past the fact Jeff Jarrett's lying there on the mat fucking <laughs> Snooker comes off with a splash Benoit comes off the other side of the cage with a headbutt. And I'm just thinking, like you said, Kieran, look at this fucking team. Well, yeah, it's a bit ropey. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Um, speak, yeah. Talk about Killer Elite. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Brett and Nash actually do have a proper match, which They're ends with, 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 with Sid running in. Uh, the cage comes down and he powerbombs Brett yes concussed Brett Hart gets powerbombed and Tony Funk comes out and with a flaming brandy guy and yeah. just sticks it on Nash and we go off the air and that uh, I didn't realise at the time when I was watching unless, unless you correct me immediately is Brett's last match that is, is Brett's last match that's yes Brett's last match? yes it is he's gone after that in a little tidbit by that the way was... they were trying R- Russo was trying to get Bruno San Martino in to do this show by the way and he almost oh, got him <laughs> what a disgrace oh, oh, that would have oh, been for also Bruno also just to state that there is also uh, Tank Abbott over on Raw it's one of the best Raw's in a long time says Dave Meltzer the show opens with virtually the entire roster coming out showing Rock as the leader of the company he's in the ring doing the promo saying that they're going to reform a so they're going to form a rival company called the World Rock Federation it should have been the the Rock Wrestling Federation Rock Wrestling Federation yeah Uh, in protest of the uh, McMahon Helmsley regime Uh, Triple H and Stephanie back down to their demands including reinstating Mankind and uh, Rock's demands for matches on the show so we get Road Dog against Billy Gunn which yep. Dog wins. You get Triple H versus X-Pac, which is actually a pretty good like short little match, which mm-hmm. Triple H wins. Uh, throughout the show, Mankind is torturing Midian, who, who did the Have a Bad Day vignettes, and threatened to make him watch an hour of Al Snow matches as part of the, uh, the punishment here. Um, the main event starts as DX versus The Rock and Mankind and the Acolytes, uh, and the whole show is kind of like built around like, DX being mad at Triple H for not being able to kind of stick mm-hmm. up for him anymore. Um, 
So Acolytes and I really lo- uh, no, it might be a different show actually. Acolytes and Rock end up doing like a disappearing act brawling with DX, so it ends up with like Triple H and Mankind in the ring yeah. alone. And this is just the beginning of this fucking awesome period where Triple H just fucking lamps him with the ring bell and knocks him over the table. Mm. He pedigrees him through the table. He's bleeding. Yeah. They, they fight in the ring. He hits him with another pedigree to get the pin. Pins him clean. And then Triple H is continuing to beat on him after the match, beating on him. And then Foley makes like a little comeback and rips the mask off. And it's just fucking great. It's like, mm. oh, man. And there's, a, there's a point in this actual match before we get to the, the, everything falling apart where Foley's doing the elbows in the corner on Triple H and the crowd is just pissing their pants and Foley's moving so fast and Triple H's head's bouncing all over the place it's like you know what I don't give a fuck what anybody says there's nothing better in wrestling than a babyface beating the fuck out of a heel in the corner fuck you Canadian destroyers and your moonsaults <laughs> yeah. just give me a babyface who's up beating up a heel who's hated with a crowd going crazy it's so fucking satisfying to watch that all the nonsense on the other show here's just a face beating up a heel and it's awesome there was a, there was a strange thing on the show with uh, with mankind uh, and it's a, a, a not with mankind but a running thing where he provokes Kane by slapping Tory's ass. So there's oh this, like, yeah, that's good. Where Tory where and this this runs through with Jericho and so on so where uh, what's what's the deal with Tory here? She seems to be having like so uh, the deal issues is with people looking at her. Yeah, so the deal is that she was with Kane and then when Kane when uh, Kane lost the match to X Pac, she had to spend the holidays with X Pac. Yeah, apparently, he was a, a gentleman. A gentleman, and then. Afterwards, he started acting really weird around people, yeah. around guys. And it always leads to Kane beating up people like Albert or yeah. fucking you know, losers. Or in this case, yeah. I guess uh, because it, it was just really weird. Because obviously, we know the spoilers alert people. You know, she Tori's in turn. She, she turns and, and joins X Pac, but it was just a really weird. I don't remember this again. This is something else I don't remember before Rumble. Uh, there's this weird period where Tori's just like using. It's this weird like fake sexual harassment kind of weird yeah. thing where it's just, like, I'm being sexually it's just causing objectified yeah causing I'm trouble objectified but I'm using Kane it's just like that's, I don't remember this it's, it's just weird it's just the way to foreshadow it yeah it's weird anyway so Raw does a 6.6 another massive rating mm. tonight shows 3.4 the good news for WCW is that the Bret Hart Kevin Nash main event drew a 4.1 rating probably not good news because it's Bret's last match yeah. uh, Raw unopposed uh, with the main event of DX versus Rock Mankind and Acolytes did a 6.9 final quarter and another 7.6 overrun. So the uh, audiences seem pretty consistent here on both sides. Mm-hmm. And now, after the close of this episode of WCW Nitro, it all goes to part. <laughs> WCW was told officially late on Thursday the 13th that Bret Hart's doctor had diagnosed his severe migraines and inability to focus as the result of a severe concussion and not only ruled out wrestling on the pay-per-view this Sunday but even flying in for television or doing any lifting this week he was scheduled for another exam this week to determine an estimated time he'd be medically cleared to wrestle in uh, but it was believed to be three weeks minimum this left WCW without a main event and without a world title match to headline their pay-per-view a few days later Things were compounded when Jeff Jarrett contacted the company the next day, on the Friday, saying he also had a concussion from taking the splash off the cage from Jimmy Snooker on Nitro, and he wouldn't be able to do no, and, and wouldn't be able to do his scheduled three matches with Chris Benoit. By the way, the Triple Threat Theater, just like that, four matches off the card. Was Snooker made out of rubber? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Um, maybe Teflon. Uh, the decision was made to strip Bret Hart of the title and crown a new champion on pay-per-view. Vince Russo's idea was to do a battle royal or a royal rumble on the show and end with the surprise champion, your favourite wrestler, Tank Abbott. (laughs) 
There was a lot of internal unhappiness with Russo's booking and television for many weeks, but the belief was still that he'd have to be given six months to prove whether his ideas would play. While the idea of making Abbott champion was not the reason for the demotion, it was symptomatic of destroying the foundation of the product and the titles uh, of Russo's change of concept of what pro wrestling is. <clears throat> Second guessing of the decision by Bill Bush to hire him had gone back many weeks. The Starcade pay-per-view number coming in recently at a 0.32 was nothing short of disastrous for a show he had 10 weeks of television to push, and many of the house show figures were becoming embarrassing. Merchandise business was also reaching new lows every single week. Bill Bush's ideas were to continue employing Russo on a booking committee that would put more focus on the wrestling product, but where Russo's ideas could be funneled by those with more background in wrestling, similar to the McMahon model of using Russo in the WWF. The Abbott decision, as well as the decision to make Oklahoma the Cruiserweight Champion on the next pay-per-view and not take the tag belts off David Flair and Crowbar, led to a showdown on Friday, with Russo being removed from his final decision-making position. Yeah! (laughs) Russo, who had 21 months left on a two-year deal... (laughs) (laughs) three months was invited to stay with the company as part of a booking committee with Kevin Sullivan Terry Taylor and JJ Dillon Kevin Nash who Bush described as being his best friend among the wrestlers was given increased power as well Kevin Nash WCB first announced that they would have a new main event with Vicious against somebody for the vacant belt and Vicious's opponent would be announced at 7pm on Friday the deadline came and went <laughs> at this point the new plan was for no announcement to be made before sold out the booking guy- yep. the booking idea was for Funk to lose to Nash who would then take over as commissioner immediately Nash would announce the top contender as Scott Hall but it would turn out that Hall was drinking in Orlando Nash would then say the number two contender himself gets the shot and beats it vicious and become the new champion Nash turned that down himself, feeling that with his increased power, the last thing he needed was the rest of the wrestlers resenting him and morale going into the toilet even more with him becoming commissioner and world champ on the same day. So the decision was made to go with Chris Benoit, uh, which WCW announced on its website on Saturday night. Benoit versus Sid the day before. What management hadn't counted on, however, was not only that Russo was far more popular than Kevin Sullivan, but that Sullivan had made so many strong enemies, with the feeling being he was directly responsible for several of the wrestlers being stuck in the mid-cards and the lazier, older wrestlers keeping their top spots. Long before Russo was replaced, several wrestlers had not so privately talked about banding together against Kevin Sullivan, who for whatever reason was seen as the person who would eventually get Russo's job. The heat with Benoit, who lives with Sullivan's former wife Nancy, and the couple are expecting their first child shortly... Is intense. Benoit felt when Sullivan was in power before he sabotaged his career. Benoit's longtime friends, dating back to their New Japan days, Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero, had pretty well decided from day one that they'd always stick together in business. Perry Satin and Shane Douglas had also become close with Benoit based on working together over the past year in the revolution. On Saturday, a group of what was believed to be 15 to 20 wrestlers were expected to confront Bill Bush the next afternoon before the show, and all, as a group, asked for their release as a protest against Kevin Sullivan being named the Booker. Being wrestling, about half that group dropped out by the next day. On Sunday, Benoit, Satin, Malenko, Douglas, Guerrero, Conan and Kidman went to Bill Bush as a group asking for their release or for Sullivan to be taken off the booking committee. Bill Bush said, the pay- said before the pay-view, give me one week to smooth things over. Separately, Benoit was told that he was aligning himself with the wrong people and told they had big plans for him. Nash told Perry Satin not to align himself with prelim guys and told him he deserved a big push and he'd work at getting him in the NWO. Kidman was promised a big singles push into the US title picture as well. 
There were indications given by the WWF through intermediaries that the wrestlers were given full releases, if they were, that they would take some of them, but not all of them. Benoit, even without the uncrowned champion angle, was, with the exception of Goldberg, the single most coveted piece of talent in WCW by the WWF, because Jim Ross loved him. In the middle of all of this, while all this fucking craziness is going on the day of the pay-per-view, Mike Graham, an agent, walks up to Chris Benoit and asks him if he'd lobbied to get him fired as well. Benoit said no. Mike Graham said that if he did, he would have cut his throat. (laughs) Chris Benoit immediately filed a complaint with Time Warner Human Resources. (laughs) And that is the lay of the land before sold out. So here we are, Sunday, the 16th of January. To be honest, they WCW should, they should have sold just told out. the audience all that. It, it, might, it might have pushed up buys, to be honest. It's, it's a lot more interesting than what they fucking went with. They have 14,132 people in the building. This is a massive crowd for WCW. Of course, there's a lot of papering going on. Can they beat that terrible buy rate of Starcade of 0.32 it was? Nope. 0.25 for 95,000 buys. Benoit was in fact given the title with a finish where Vicious actually tapped out to the crossface, although Sid had his foot on the ropes. That's so shitly done as well. Yeah. Everything in this company is poorly executed. The production. The execution of angles. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, yeah. No, it's communication. There's no communication. Some egos. That's, it's, it's a too, many, too many people and not enough of a, uh, of a cohesive oh, yeah. machine or leader to kind of steer it in the right direction. Kibben's the one that does the three matches in the end, yeah. the, the, the triple threat theatre. He goes on a bit of a... I love that. Doesn't bother change. Let's not read book. Let's just put mm. someone else in. Let's just have a hot shot angle. We can wrestle three members of the revolution all of a sudden. Yeah. Although we do have... He, the, he does get a bit of a push kind of... Like, he, he, well, well, fact he wins, well, his, he wins his matches. He so. doesn't. He didn't win all of them. The war beats him in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, he beats Dean Malenko in the dungeon match where the rules are if you, if you leave the ring, you're out. Malenko forgets, gets out of <laughs> the ring, and the match goes like yes. a minute and 30 oh, seconds. Yes. And the match just fucking ends and Kibben looks so furious. Yeah. Well, that was going to be the one good match. <laughs> yeah. Saturn and, and yeah, Kimmon beats Saturn, but then loses to the war. So all that for nothing. Oklahoma, despite the fact Russo is now gone, still wins the Cruiserweight title. Which just completely throws that previous explanation of the reasons why he was fired. Out the window. <sighs> Weird, that. He was... I mean, that. consider your options. It's either he wins it or Medusa keeps it. So it's fucked either way, to be honest. Or you've changed the rest of your card when you fired your booker strip your belt watch one more match put yeah. in it. or fuck yeah put, put anyone put a, put a third wheel Lash in LaRue, just, anyone. just get the belt onto someone else it's it's not hard yeah. I, well, if I, they'd have thought about it they, just, they didn't consider it they no. rolled it yeah this just, just, just shows absolute mess and part of it all they're doing and also part of it is just, as you just described the kind of like shit being dropped on them from a great height at the media moment oh, they, but I, but they I, throw it up in the air it's going to come back then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I will stay as, as to be the contrarian um, I I was I was fascinated by the Sid Benoit match because <laughs> because at the time can he do it <laughs> at, at, at the time at the time when uh, about the crowd cheering for Sid by the way in that match yeah, not fuck, Benoit fuck, fuck them. Um, at the time when I was watching this as I said I was a big Benoit fan you know I had my I had my eight guys that I watched in WCW uh, and Benoit Benoit and Ray were the, the two key ones I, I enjoyed watching the most and. I just remember watching World Ride and just being shocked because World Ride was on Fridays. Just remember shocked when the following Friday from this show came on and the revelation that Benoit won the title, which came out of the blue completely for me, being a fan. For and just being like generally excited. But having that contrasted with the fact of just not only was like, Oh yeah, 
Benoit wins the title, not to jump too far ahead with you, but uh, not only does he win the title, but then the next day gets stripped of the belt, and then Benoit's gone. Right? So then this match, uh, which they didn't really show properly, they, I think they just showed like the, the, the highlights of basically the, like, the reason why they, uh, they stripped him of the belt. This match just became like, uh, I can't really think of an appropriate word. Of just this kind of there's like a mystique to the, to the match, just complete like, standalone. Because it was like it was it was when Benoit won the belt because that's what I couldn't get my head around. Even though I was like I was a big fan of his, I was like no way they put the belt on him, and he's gone. I was like it was like what the fuck? And he goes he won the belt, he beat Sid Vicious. This is really weird. And so for like a while, it was like a match I really wanted to see but couldn't in any way because I just didn't have access to mm-hmm. it. And you know over time I kind of forgot about the match ever wanting to see it again because you know Benoit actually wins a proper world title. Uh, down the line and then other stuff happens and, and, and so you don't get around to seeing it when I was watching like the show and uh, figuring out like oh yeah Brett's, Brett's not on this one I think what the fuck was the match in the show and suddenly it dawned on me I was like holy shit this is it this is it this is the match I've been waiting to see for, uh, when, when, I was, when I was young and I, I've been waiting to see it for, eight, for 19 years but I was waiting for it for like a couple of years everyone's got their holy grails yeah. and so I was just like oh man I get to see Benoit win this match because like it's, it's really cool um, I will state I will put a caveat to this when I think that this I think this is actually like a solid match I will put this to in, compar- in comparison to anything else this is probably three three out of five at best right but in compar- you comparison you can't have a sliding relative scale for a star system <laughs> <laughs> but in comparison to the rest that I watched of WCW this, during this two months this was fucking Okada Omega in terms of levels <laughs> of like the rest of shit I watched because I kind of went into this thinking like Oh, okay, I get to see Benoit win the title, and then I suddenly just realised he's facing Sid. I was like, "Oh no!" Well, we know how this is going to go. Sid's not going to wrestle a, a self a, a, a vanilla midget, is he? He's, he's going to he's basically he's going to dominate the match, and it's going to be ironically very much like a modern day WWE match where it's just going to be loads of rest holds, and then Benoit gets nothing, and, and until he you know he gets slips a banana peel, and until he gets the fluke tap out win with the foot under the ropes. Yeah, foot under the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually pleasantly surprised by this, by the fact they actually subverted my uh, immediate expectations of the match by having Benoit actually work uh, the match, uh, not as the heel, but as the dominant guy in this, and was more surprised by the fact that Sid sold. Um, it's like really strange to watch, because I generally thought he was just going to like sell for a little bit and then maybe get a little bit bored and just go, oh, no, I'm not going to sell anymore. But in, in credit, and the only time I will give credit uh, to, uh, to Sid Vicious, was that he actually sustained the selling all the way through to the end, and I wasn't as insulted by the finish uh, as probably some as you people. expected the, because it was expected. But also, I was more used to seeing ref bumps, run-ins, DQs, count-outs, whatever. The fact that it was okay, maybe a little bit lame, but it was like a wrestling angle. It would have been, it would have been like a solid wrestling angle, I guess. Hmm. Uh, not for a world title, but but for if you if you wanted to have a rematch, <laughs> the problem was, was there was no rematch that was going to happen. No, but. Uh, from from the very low standard that, that I was coming into this match, I, I was I was actually generally quite pleasantly surprised. I, 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 if you were to watch anything from WCW during this time period, don't because it's shit. But if you had to watch something, this match is the only good thing Bullshit. that I like. <laughs> Bullshit! Fucking shit! I've had enough. I'm not taking this anymore. First of all, don't give Crenny give Sid any credit for his selling he wasn't selling he was lying on his back because he couldn't think of anything else to do to Chris Benoit <laughs> because he has no moves or wrestling talent he lay on his back and let Chris Benoit play with his legs for a little bit and then Chris Benoit won eventually after a fucking completely terribly executed angle where one second 
uh, Benoit's foot's under the rope, not even on the rope, it's slightly breaking under. the plane of the rope. So even say that word. Yeah. And then literally two seconds later, crossface. It's crossface. From that spot, it's straight into the crossface, and Sid is clearly half his knees are underneath the rope. It's just so, it's so poorly executed. One of his legs is at nitro the next day. It's so <laughs> poorly executed. So this is like, if this was done in the WWF, it would have been it would have it would been executed a million times better. Yeah. A million times better. And that's why I say whether it's done or whoever it is, the camera angles and everything, the way an angle shot, that production crew is fucking light years ahead of WCW oh, God, and yeah, every single angle they try I give this and this is almost a disclaimer to Russo and I do not want to sound like, it sound like this but going forward the production is just as bad um, and so they're still doing these backstage se- segments and you can't hear half of it none of it makes sense the dialogue shit okay the dialogue was Russo but in terms of execution you almost there is something there that yeah I, I, I would appreciate that his good intentions weren't executed the way they would have been in the mm-hmm. WF. That's not credit to him, that it, it's, but it's something to bear in mind. Yeah. It's that this was shit anyway, and yes. this made the shit look even worse yes. than it really was. They tried to make a, a bit of a presentation about by having the people in the in the in the aisle way, the other wrestlers, by having Arn do some promos about the belt, the meaning of the belt, and stuff like that, which was pretty yeah. cool. But again, like you say, it's so fucking well, well, slow. Yeah, because they didn't even do the thing where like the, would, would probably would have been slightly cooler with the, to drip feed the people coming out bit by bit. Maybe as like Ben was controlling more and more of the match, people more and more people believing that Ben will might actually win this, as in the boys in the back. They didn't they just had everyone out straight. Away and then kept cutting to them as he just got this po face yeah, on just, them. Just, again, typical WCW. It, it's it's kind of like the skeleton of an angle that the WF would run, mm. but there'd be a rhyme, reason, and foreshadowing at this time at least of why these guys are going out there. Yeah, and it's not. It's just they throwing the guys out there because it's the superficial. Exp- it's the superficial garner- garnishing of an angle which they have in mind, and it's everything. Everything they do is like that. It's so superficial and. Yeah. Half-assed. In the real big news of the show, Ahmed Johnson debuts, looking like he's been pumped full of air. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, every so every comes. Look at how big he is, and then, <laughs> um, and then Tony, obviously, you know, trying to deflect from his the obvious. Huge Look at the size of his arms. Yeah, his arms are fucking weird. They've like, got these like fucking marshmallows sticking out of each side. It's just also, unnerving. Also, nothing ghetto than a fanny pack. <laughs> This is the hill, the hill either one of us will die on. This this is it. This we're coming up to it now. We got we got your worst tag team of all time. And we've got my worst tag team of all time. Head they, to they head. Went to head to head now. And we get to see which one's worse in real time. I know which fucking. I think I know which one. I know which answer it is. Uh, so after the show, obviously this is just going on in this middle of this fucking bizarre backstage scenario, similar to the other divide and conquer techniques that we talked about before. Uh, Conan was told by J.J. Dillon after the paper had finished that he's been sent home by management for the time being. So, mm, get him away. He's a troublemaker. Well, the show's over. Where else is he supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> Back home. Next day. Here we go. The shit continues. Before Nitro, Bill Bush met once again with the Revolution members and Chris Benoit. At this point, Kibben's support was wavering. And neither Guerrero or Conan were at the show. Bush proposed a compromise, saying he wasn't going to fire Sylvan from the company because he's got a family to support, but suggested that Sylvan be made booker of the Saturday night show, and thus Sylvan would have no power over them. Bush also asked the group who they thought would make the strongest booking team, and they suggested Terry Taylor, Arn Anderson, and Vince Russo. And the uh, meeting. You asked the boys, who do you want to be your boss? Yeah. Fucking idiots. The meeting ended amicably with what they thought was the compromise deal. Later in the afternoon, Bill Bush called him for a second meeting and told all of them, except Chris Benoit, who the TV show was scheduled to be built around as the new world champion, they were all being sent home, partly because the word of the complaint to HR had trickled down. 
The plan was that Commissioner Nash was going to force Benoit into three title defenses on the show, and Benoit was going to win all three. So clearly they were going to play to his ego and give him the monster push to break him away from the group, uh, which would break the opposition to Sullivan. Benoit instead said that if they were being sent home, he was leaving with them. Bush threatened that if he left with the group, he'd be stripped of the belt. Benoit didn't hesitate, did not hesitate in saying he was staying with the group, and at this point, they all wanted a full release over the company to get rid of Sullivan. That's that. Benoit left the belt with Nick Patrick and left. (laughs) So that's the end of Benoit in WCW. Vince Russo was not there at the building, not there. So I guess he's he's had enough. And of course, (laughs) yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll get to that because now it is, of course, with all the shit going on, half the boys have just left. It's time for Nitro and Raw. Um, They said the title was held up. An announcement we made on Thunder as to the status of the belt, but they don't know what it is yet. At one point, Nash says, "I'll let you know when I've decided." Yeah. The official, the official statement is, "I'll let you know." <laughs> <sighs> so this, and they said they, they haven't decided what they're to do. They said they're going to have a booking meeting after the show to decide. Kidman beats Psychosis to start the show. There's a, uh, they try to push on commentary. Billy Kidman really had a big night last night. He really stepped up as he's here wrestling with his same cruiserweight pal who's been wrestling for. Well, last no one watched it, so you can tell him anything, really. I suppose you can. All the wrestlers come out and they do the big announcement here. This is where they play Hail the Ch- Hail to the Chief. Kevin Nash, the new commissioner. This is fucking terrible, by the way. You want to talk about Triple H's bad stand-up comedy? Here's Kevin Nash. At least Nash has a rapper being funny. Yeah, but an unjust rep, as we've discussed oh, well, before. Saying, at least he was. At least we expect him to be deluded into his. Yeah, he's 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 ripping on Mike Tanay needing a personality, Brian Knobs needing a brain, Abbott needing a heart, Smiley needing courage, and then he says, it. "It's like I'm Oz." And no one fucking says a word. You know why? Because they're all chatting Goldberg. <laughs> they're all chatting Goldberg. No one laughed at your shit joke. This goes on for ages, and Nash did that thing that we've well, seen. Well, maybe, maybe no one knew the inside joke anyway. Maybe no one. Maybe no one. No one fucking knows everything. No one. Not everyone has followed Kevin Nash's career in yeah. such. Uh, why would you want them to know you're ours? Why would you claim that? Funny, isn't There's it? a point here, by the way, in this promo. And he did this before. He did that horrible promoter thing with Vince, where he fucks his lines up and he just goes blah, 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 and starts yeah, again. Yeah. He, does, he does this like several times about this month. It's fucking awful. Yeah, he did. He did that on the, on the previous show as well because he was saying like uh, he was doing some degree in some sort of like. Oh yeah, he tried. Oh, blah, 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 and he forgot what the word was. He's trying to say. He's trying to say gynecology. I got a, a, and then he fucked it up. And like again, no one laughed at this shit joke. Yeah. I got a degree in gynecology. Gynecology. <laughs> oh, there's a fucking match on this show. Massa Chono, Massa oh, Chono, yeah. and Super J versus Rick Steiner and IRS. Who? Because because they're such an honest company, they had to tell us Super J is the is the fake thing. Yeah. I can't believe they said that. I can. <laughs> Team Two Thousand. Yeah. This was excruciating. Yeah. Yes. This went on for so long, and no one wanted to sell. Rick Steiner is just walking around like he's at the fucking spa getting some, some crisps. He's just like doing no no effort, no selling. He takes a bump and then he gets up and he's just walking around, meandering. Apparently there's a miscommunication here between Chono and Rick. So Rick was pissed, yeah. so he starts fucking hammering Super J. It's a fucking disaster. Also, <laughs> you, you, you missed out the massive linchpin earlier as well of Harris Brothers are now officially in the NWO. Oh no, I didn't miss that. I, I started to write it down because I hate them. We have, is this the show when we have Lenny and Lodi backstage? As standards and practices, and uh, they, they, no, it might be after they after this. No, it's after that. No, they? And they, they they're threatened with something, and they're threatened with getting fired. And it's the two of them talking, and it's like, huh, 
Like, we care get back, about getting fired from WCW. Yeah. <laughs> it's your own fucking show, dudes. Yeah. You're just burying yourself every single time. So, uh, isn't... Like, the whole uh, month is full of well, that, by the way. Isn't, like, Meng on this? Haku? Probably. Got At some point, there's some sort, of, sort of confrontation between him and Tank. Tank, you, you love Tank Gabbard. You're trying to get all these tanks. Did you want him to be in WCW? That, in, no, no, no. in this moment, I strangely wanted to see Meng versus Tank Gabbard. I just, I, if it was I real, actually, I actually I just, do understand yeah. that. Yeah. I actually wanted to see that just as like the strange, like, like clusterfuck. <laughs> no, I thought, because oh, he's gonna, he's gonna no sell Meng. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Meng. Also, another couple of things that I picked out here. Jeff Jarrett in his ever, you know, cool catchphrases. Proclaim the claim. Uh, said, said the line uh, two words. Holy slap nuts. That was the one. That was I'm, one I'm I hated. I'm assuming there's a hyphen in there. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? Two words, <laughs> um, and also uh, that Heenan is still alive in there somewhere because during the uh, Lex Luger Just segment, barely. Uh, <laughs> during the Lex Luger segment, he uh, they he mentioned something about Viagra. And uh, Heenan quickly chimes in, well, he's a stand-up guy. <laughs> yeah. so, like, somewhere in there, yeah. Heenan that we know is still alive. <laughs> Swimming in the <laughs> filth of his alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Sid beats the wall, squashes him, kills him. Lex Luger beats Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Earlier in the day, Lex Luger was booked to do a clean job for Chris Benoit, but he had a bad neck and couldn't wrestle. When he was booked to win, his neck started feeling better. I love that. What, what was the main event? Because I only got like on my notes down here. This it was like, Paige and Buff. Up. I just got no. Kimberly. Stupid finish. What the fuck? Yeah, DDP and Bagwell. She's the referee, and she can't. She looks like she can barely count to three. To be quite honest, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, the finish was. She did inspire Lita with her attire, though. She did indeed with the uh, yes, indeed the thong out the pants. It's basically, the finish that you're puzzled about, G, is yeah. Bagwell. I think it's the blockbuster, and then he, he, he like he, like the, uh, this like ridiculous spot where he like. Throws his arms out wild, wide, wildly, gesticulating, and Kimberly, who's behind him in the corner, just suddenly runs into him and takes a bump. Yeah. And then DDP, I think, like low blows more, hits him with something, and then hits a diamond cutter, and then she gets up and catches the pin, and then she walks off like unimpressed. And they're yeah. like, "Oh my god!" But it's Kim on his side. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. This show's terrible. Let's talk about Raw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same night, obviously. Steve Austin's surgery was announced as successful. Our boy Steve is uh, is good. On SmackDown, we should mention yes. that they'd done yes. the angle where Mankind had said he's not ready to wrestle Triple H at the Royal Rumble. This is this is the, the video that starts yeah. the show, and he will it'll be Cactus Jack taking his place. Rips the shirt off, rips the mask off. This is this awesome. is so this great. Is awesome. What I, an I, I know I know this standing. I know this angle. SmackDown are not raw, but this angle is so fucking great. Yeah, I, I watched the SmackDowns too. Yeah, same here because I, I, they were so good. Yeah, I didn't watch the Thunders, but I watched the SmackDowns. Um, this this, this angle is absolutely fantastic, and it's it's shown really well on on the uh, the promo on Raw, and, and they showed this promo uh, segment again. Triple H's over, expression over so on, uh, Rumble as well. he's selling it. Yeah, mm. that's the thing. But that's the great thing. It's it's not just it's it's not just obviously the moment where he just strips down to like the catch jacket, but it's like how uh, Triple H sells it. It's just so fantastic and consistent as well because it's like. Oh man, kind of kick his ass. I can like pedigree for uh, a comedy table. The previous beat week. him. Beat him the Monday yeah, before. Yeah, so. I can beat his ass. Do love. Give me a break. But Cactus Jack, he suddenly gets scared. Suddenly, he's, it's, it's great. It's the exact same reaction he had in '97, uh, Madison Square Garden, when Cactus Jack came out before. It's that great consistency, great consistency uh, of that rivalry where like Triple H is fine with mankind and kick his ass, but he's afraid of Cactus Jack because Cactus Jack is the vengeance side of, of Foley's psyche, I guess. It was just, it's just the way he sells it. It's just that consistency. It's just fantastic. And for those who didn't it. know, they actually showed the clip from September '97 when Cactus Jack debuted there you go. and uh, and beat yeah. Triple H in a street fight. Really good. 
you got to give Triple H credit on that one, just how he sells yeah, it. Yeah, well, he that's really a... makes Cactus Jack every time feel like, oh, fuck. Well, that's the thing. It's, if that, this was on the other channel, the heels would laugh and make a shit joke. Yeah. Even Triple yeah. H most of the time would do You're just self. taking your shirt off. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. like, this is important. This is this is yeah. putting over the guy you're defending the belt against and, and your, your belt's in, in jeopardy yeah. and it's fucking just good. And he's going to win in the end, so fucking build him up because you're going to beat a star. Mm. So treat him like one. Uh, but DX runs out with him for a four-on-one. Uh, Rock comes out to make the save, but Big Show stops him. Yeah, yeah. one of many false shine moments for Rock this, this two months. <laughs> Plenty of Out comes Rock yeah. to a thunderous ovation, and he gets beaten up before he even gets to the ring. Yeah, <laughs> Big Show lamps him from the side. Acolytes as well. Acolytes uh, make their... Massive run- brawl. Yeah, huge brawl. Not a ton of notes in terms of big storyline things on the rest of the show. Big Show does an interview kissing up to the fans. Uh, Rock would call it like he said that he's going to win the Rumble and throw out 29 jabroni. So Show took exception to being called a jabroni and said that he loves the fans. He's got no problem with the fans, but he hates the Rock. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is the start of a, a pretty fun little turn for uh, Big Show here. One, uh, Cole also wearing a fanny pack it seems to be like a thing running in wrestling at the moment. Um, what was it's that? Wrestling. What, uh, it's, uh, I, I guess they must, uh, Bulldog must be selling them. Bulldog's wearing one too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he always wears one. Um, DX segment. There's this thing where, where we got any clarity on this, where there's there was a seem to be the subplot between X Pac and Steph, and usually I would ignore these these subplots if it's WCW or modern day, but seen as WF two thousand, I'm assuming it had some sort of thing where like X Pac seemed to be frustrated with Stephanie at all times. Like it seemed like he was uh, annoyed with Stephanie's influence over Triple H. Mm. I was wondering, was that supposed to be going in? They, or is that, was that I, supposed to be I something, or was that just X Pac having fun or something? There's some, I, it's, I thought it was it was foreshadowing that it's more that it's the dynamic of Triple H being in it for himself and selfish. And it's kind of there's a, another angle late, maybe yeah. earlier or later in the month where it's yeah. like, oh, it's like you got yourselves into this, then yeah, it's yeah. not my problem. Is it, yeah, so it's like doing things like, oh, you're gonna wrestle Kane. He's like, what? And he's like, he's not. He's, he's helping Road Dog and Billy Gunn, but he seems to be always like, screwing with he's Pac not a little Pac, bit. It's all of them. It, it's it's all of them. It's it's the point is. Triple H is only in it for himself. Mm. It's He's a recurring the theme on SmackDown they're there, too. They're there to help yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And if it's whenever, as soon as it, whenever it's the tables are turned mm. and he, you know. He's a little reticent if it's mm. going to put himself to Jeff. But he seems to be like, but he's yeah. focusing more on the Stephanie side rather than calling Triple H out himself. He's just, kind of, he's just kind of rolling his eyes at Steph and just going like, "It's the way to get the way." It's She's the representation, yeah, of, exactly, of the change. Yeah. 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 So um, I was just wondering if that was that supposed to be going anywhere or something because it, it seems like it doesn't. It, I mean, it's, they do it for a bit, and then in it's the like end, he gets toy, and it's like all like the, the DX kind of conflict kind of just like comes to a rather sudden end as we head into mm. WrestleMania because I guess the focus is going to be on the baby faces getting them back. So. Um, Jeff Hardy beats Bubba Ray on this show. Dudley's powerbomb Jeff threw Matt through a table afterwards. Uh, the, uh, it's the, the start of the Dudleys yeah. and the and the, the table oh, stuff, shit. and they start to get over rather yeah. Oh, yeah. rather swiftly. D'Lo and Godfather together. They're they're randomly. they're a there's, double there's, act. There's quite a nice little thing where D'Lo kind of has like the slow progression. Um, he starts more change. like a pimp. Yeah, yeah. Which I quite like. Again, rather than just doing it one week and then next week suddenly he's a pimp. There's like it took a few weeks. Yeah. He gets a hat and then he gets the race case. Bit by bit. Yeah. A like, cigar comes out. I, I, know, I know it's a low card right. act, but. It's all right, but he should, have, he should have had his own. I was pissed look. that D-Lo was stuck in this role. Oh, yeah, at the time. Yeah, he, just, don't get me wrong. he just looks. Yeah. yeah, it was just. Well, D-Lo. D-Lo. D-Lo should have been single. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the main event is the Outlaws versus Big Show and The Rock. Obviously, Show and Rock don't get along. Uh, since Rock agreed to try and get along, he attacked Big Show before the match even started. Uh, Show left the ring and stood on the floor to watch The Rock get beaten up. Show eventually tagged himself in and cleaned house, but The Rock hit him with a chair and Billy Gunn pinned The Big Show. After the match, The Rock gave The Big Show the rock bottom. Uh, even though The Rock acted like a heel the entire show, he can do no wrong, he's God. 
<laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's pretty much the, the the lay of the land on that also, show. Also, uh, Austin recovery. Yeah, they they, they, they mentioned well. the the Austin surgery. Yeah, that was. Uh, what do you think of that? I thought that was very off key. As I was movies there. I, I know the movies <laughs> neck and everything, but like, this is when he takes the brace off and yeah. he's to Jim Ross. It, it just seemed it. It was really kind of weird because it didn't. He didn't seem like in that in that segment that he was stone cold. He came yeah, off like Steve. That's because he was stoned on pain pills. Wasn't oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. It, was, it just came off really weird. Like it, he wasn't like. Well, he's, uh, it, he's, he he's wasn't a stone cold character, which you thought like, well, in that case, if he can't portray the stone cold because he's like that, why? He's still got oh, the Texas draw, it. but he's—you can tell—he's—he's yeah, he's rocked. rocked. He's rocked yeah, after he's surgery. Rocked. And he's like, like this sort of weird thing to just show on TV. Yeah. When and he's, he's like, like a big star. He's like, oh, give me three or four months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see it no way out. The ratings: Raw did a 5.9 to Nitro's 3.0. The only bright spot for Nitro was a strong 3.9 rating for the Page Bagwell main event, which represented a tremendous 1.2 ratings growth from the prior segment. So a big boost for the Page Bagwell drama. No, I guess the segment did work. Raw once again showed literally no growth when Nitro went off the air. So interesting, we got to the point now where WCW fans aren't really going to not to, to Raw anymore. That 3.0. Kevin Sullivan was said to be very confident backstage after Nitro since he got the vote of confidence by management making its decision in his favour. Bischoff did not give anyone a release and things were left with the idea they would all come to Atlanta on January 19th for what appeared to be a final meeting. In the dressing room at Thunder the next day, the group was talked about as if they'd failed in their power play and talked about in the past tense. After the rating came in for Raw, sorry, for Nitro, uh, and the buy rate came in for Sold Out, which we talked about before, and the 0.25, mm-hmm. the call came to bring back Ric Flair. <laughs> <sighs> the WWF hierarchy had a meeting regarding making an offer to Kevin Nash if he were cut loose by WCW. The mood was very strong not to bring him in, yeah, and that he's sure. doing the company far more benefit as a cancer in the other locker room. <laughs> Of course, if he were to be cut loose, this being pro wrestling, eventually there will come a day. And there was a day. <laughs> Regarding Randy Savage, the feeling continues to be that they are not interested in him at the price range he feels he's worth these days. So, uh, that's it. That's, the, the, that's what they're kind of saying on the old boys there. Uh, so, the big meeting the next day, January 19th, Bush and the Radicals didn't happen. WCW sent unconditional releases to Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Conan, Shane Douglas, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn instead. Huh. Something happened. Probably the, the resources letter. Or something got mentioned. Okay, well, this, we'll take this further. Something happened. G- give them what they want, because then they won't sue us. Yeah. 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 The, the, the heads rolled there, it feels like, and uh, this, this was the, the fallout. This allows them all to start with the WF, provided they agreed not to say anything publicly bad about WCW, and agreed not to sue WCW for the Mike Graham incident. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Upon receiving the letters, the four set up a meeting in Connecticut. <laughs> The group was told to keep it quiet and all four cut off most communication with almost everyone in wrestling at this point. Instead, Bill Bush met with Vince Russo, the day he was supposed to meet the Radicals, who was making demands of his own, either wanting a release from his contract, agreeing to stay on as a writer for the show, but not working underneath Kevin Sullivan, Gary Juster, or J.J. Dillon, this being the good old boys network he references uh, when he returns in April. He demanded to be put back in his head writing position for nine months without interruption or interference. No decision has yet been made about Vince Russo's claims. <laughs> Meanwhile, WF New York and its grand opening on January 19th, all this bullshit's going on. So, First uh, of many successful ventures outside of the wrestling business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Randy Orton, who is six foot nine and a half inches and two hundred and fifty pounds, the nineteen-year-old son at this six point. Six nine. Six four. Sorry. Six four and a half. <laughs> six lengths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so salty. Oh, two hundred and fifty pounds too. You fat bastard, Randy. Yeah. If he was as big as he used to be, he'd be fucking. Yeah. The nineteen-year-old son of Bob Orton signed a developmental contract with the WWF this week, so you may hear that name again a time or two in the future. Yeah. Okay. The Radicals did in fact meet with Vincent Mann and Jim Ross on January uh, 22nd in Connecticut and came to terms. Others close to the situation claimed they were there for a meeting and were told to keep it quiet and even to get rumours out that they got a deal that they didn't like. So basically, kayfabe that you're coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, with that said, that pretty much wraps us up for uh, the chaos lead, uh, leading to this and we are now heading into, and I can't wait, the Royal Rumble! <laughs> Sunday, 23rd of January, 19,231 fans sell out Madison Square Garden. A sexy 1.58 buy rate for 600,000 buys. Smell that? WCW. (laughs) That's winning. (laughs) An amazing, amazing show. One of my favourite WFAPs of all time. And this, this looked even better. Then yeah. I, I think it does, having watched yeah. the Raws and actually seen it in chronology this, again. This, this, is, oh. this is now the officially the point I came in. This is officially like the watching the show. This was such, we, we mentioned this before on previous podcast how big this was like in school. Like Schools the, the next are day. huge. I remember it like, not much being spoken about it before then, but the next day after, everyone in school was speaking to, uh, was, was talking about the show. You got the classic entrance ramp, which is just they've never topped uh, <laughs> in terms of Royal Rumbles anyway. It just absolutely looks fantastic, and there's just such a like a, a, an energy to it, and uh, it just feels so fresh, and it looks so uh, in comparison to what WCW are doing, where everything looks so dingy, or even like current WWE. This just looks fucking awesome, right down from like the music, just the way it like cuts in, um, freaking JR. It's just like when you when you watch. Like the sights and because, sounds yeah, of WWF because I watched all cool. the WCW stuff first. I did, I did it a bit differently Smart this time. Man. I watched all the WCW <laughs> first and then rewarded myself with this. So after listening, and I don't mind Tony Schiavone, but like in this period, he's, he's everyone's awful. And also watching, uh, listening to Michael Cole, who is like just cancer for the years to me now. It's just listening to JR. You just appreciate how fucking marvellous he is and it's just like he knows what to say how to say it when to say it who to say it about the guy is fucking amazing and it's just this, this entire show it's just like I can't praise it enough I know I know we can turn around and say he doesn't have the best rumble match ever uh, but it has a fun rumble match that actually has things you remember Jim Ross Kieran just the thing very quickly it's again it's a symptom of a tightly run ship and everyone's on the same page by and large but especially from a production point of view it's a guy who's involved with the booking committee, close with Vince. Yes. He knows what's happening. He's speaking almost. He's just, you know, the, the old adage was the best commentator is the is the booker, booker, because he knows what's going on. He knows what to foreshadow. He knows what to tease and what to what to sell. And so that's uh, Jim Ross has that up his sleeve, which mm-hmm. is a massive boon. The Bill Watts, and you compare it to WCW, where the commentators don't have a fucking clue what's going on. No. No, they're fucking rattling through no, their pages. No, idea. They are, when something goes wrong, they're fucking confused because they don't know what, whether that was right or wrong, or was it was it was it wrong or was it just shitly executed? <laughs> yeah. They have no fucking idea, and they have to try and blag it. Uh, not on this show, not with, not with Jr. No, not no. with Jim Ross. It's, it's just like the music and just stuff. I, I mean, you know, obviously things like with Pyro and so on, but it's just like the music and, the, and just the presentation, which just is lacking from wrestling today and from the WCW side. It's just it's so energetic. I felt that way. Like I forgot to mention when we started with the first Raw. After watching all those 
those nitros in a row man it was such like a fucking release let's listen to Raw and in particular more the Smackdown uh, tune the music just the energy of the music that they used to use and just like it was almost enough to give you fucking like epilepsy you know but it's just like strobe lighting and just visions of just like violence and you just get like fucking rage hyped over this going fuck yeah fucking Smackdown let's go it's like fucking awesome it's the same with Royal Rumble you get the music you get like the fucking music and you're like let's fucking go and immediately you get shots of Madison's Square Garden, just like a freaking however many, like 15,000, like New Yorkers all going, You fucking rage! Let's go! <laughs> We're like, ready! Oh, the energy. Kurt Angle's out first, a yeah. ton of heat. He's already over huge. He's, Kurt, Kurt He's fact, brilliant. Watching, He's so yeah, good. Watching Kurt in this moment, because like, cause I felt at the time I felt a little differently about the guy. I, I, I kind of thought it was okay, but I thought like the the, um, the gimmick at the time was very hacky. That was the like, idea. I know, I, I know it's it. the idea, but I was a fucking child, I was an idiot. It was, but, but watching it now, because you always kind of think like, oh, okay, you know, Kurt, probably the thought process might be, yeah, it took a while for Kurt. Like but, maybe maybe 2002 was when Kirk really hit you peak. know what, though? I'm watching 2000. He's peak now. <laughs> he hits it straight away. And it's like this thing, I think maybe Kurt even said himself where, with like his promos and everything, they said they gave him all like the things like the three eyes and like all of the, yeah. like, the things that he would say in his promos because he was very nervous about doing the promos. So his, 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 he had a lot of kind of material for them in order to help him with the nerves fucking bullshit there is no nerves I can see in this guy he is hitting these promos he's such a douche he's such a knob in this such, pa- such patronising ass you know what's great he about plays him? this role perfectly <laughs> and I, I, I was watching this time period which is supposed to be like him being green as goose shit and he's anything but and I'm just thinking like I keep going back to when we did the freaking Mount Rushmore and thinking shit I think we underplayed Kurt Mount Rushmore all around Kurt us, yeah. is fucking phenomenal even when it's hilarious. he's green well this is the Gusha. thing his naivety <laughs> works it's for him it's beautiful it's it w- so good it just works perfectly with a little smile and a little yes. smile the little I think I've said but, something good yeah but, but it's also <laughs> the thing, but it's also the thing oh, when, when he says something and then the crowd boo and he just kind of looks like why are you booing me it's that thing like, I don't understand it's that gormless like I don't yeah. understand why I'm not the biggest baby face it's <laughs> fucking brilliant and then here comes Taz to a thunderous ovation in New yeah. York beats him chokes him out and th- this was a hot start this is a great this is the shot the hottest start you could get yeah because this it was, it was beautiful because it's like he chokes him out and then he just walks off while the stretch yeah. is being rolled out behind he doesn't even fucking look back it's so yeah. good it's like they just made a guy, and they, and they do the great thing with Kurt. Where afterwards he's just kind of like, uh, they choke backstage. <laughs> did I win? Did I, did I win? He goes, no, you got choked up. Goes, that's, that's, that's illegal. That's illegal, right? It's just that was great. And it's, they, it's such a shame that they, they. I know that not everyone's a fan of Taz, but I like Taz. I like, I like Taz. Was, and I thought there was something they it could was. do with me. And they gave him the hottest fucking start. They beat the guy who they have been building as undefeated. Yeah, uh, it's it, great. It, it, oh, yeah. As 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 and we go from that to the Hardys coming out party. I, I yeah, everyone loves the ladder match with Edge and Christian and Hardys. This to me is the match where it's like everybody's yeah. figuring out that these guys are stars now, all at I, once, and just look and fucking the Dudleys are out of yeah. nowhere. And it's this is like this a, Roth just gets this amazing. Is so this, quick. this is it. This is it. This is and we're going to talk about because there's so many things yeah. on this show. But yeah. from where we were even like two months ago to the, the the new characters that get over in the space of this one to two months span. It's fucking crazy. You got the Dudleys who have come out of nowhere. And to be honest, to me, we're like this close to being like public enemy esque yeah. washouts when they first well, came yeah, in the tie dye. The fucking tie dye shit. And, on, and the, the second rate. Yeah, exactly. And then like all of a sudden now they're fucking just awesome. Polished. You got Angle who's incredible. Taz is in looking like a killer. The Hardys are cool as fuck. At that point, Jeff Hardy was like 
he was like a hero to us. Oh my yeah. god, they give me the next Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And then you got like Chris Jericho, who they finally figured out, yeah, he's a yeah. baby face and he yeah, is the Intercontinental Champion. Fuck this bullshit off, Jericho. And then yeah. you got like two cool in the Ian, Rumble. Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian. Are yeah. getting steam at the they're they're getting point. some yeah. steam now. Yeah. Two cool and Rikishi are through the roof already. Jesus. The yeah, scene we'll on this show where they're doing the fucking thunderclap yeah. and the, the, the fans are doing the Iceland thunderclap. Yeah. They do the dance in the ring. It's awesome. Of course, the Triple H Cactus Jack match is yeah. the, the beginning of the real making of Triple H as an all-time main eventer. It was yeah. so fucking perfectly done, this match. I love this match with all my heart and soul. Rock wins the Rumble. Yay. He's going to <laughs> WrestleMania. We'll talk about the end. Yeah. May Young gets a tits out for that the lads. That was fucking oh hilarious. <laughs> just, I don't remember that being as funny. And I, yeah. I laugh so Mark much. Henry's the fucking It's great star. because it's like they're shitting on... you got all the silicon bimbos in their thong bikinis. And then the punchline is Mae Young comes out and gets a tits out because that's what everyone wants to see and she wins. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. They all vote for it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, because it's all the old boys as well. The old guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like maybe like she was there with she was there at Wank Fantasy back when they were kids or something in black and white and stuff. It's great. Again, with the production, they hit Bubba over the head with the chair multiple times. They then cut to the camera that's now looking at him as, uh, from a di- uh, from an angle looking down, so you can see him as he's how far he's over, falling. how far he's about to fall. Magical fucking camera work there, where you see it, and they did the right thing, where they cut right just at the right moment to see him falling now towards you, so seeing the the alternative of the height difference, yeah. and he goes crashing through. Jeff Hardy, same thing, fucking shirt off, looking like a fucking Mac Daddy. I love this match even yeah. more so than the TLC because it it's just it's just the way they just utilised everything so perfectly a lot of, well. lot of brutal chair shots it was oh, yeah. that's what yeah I mean that's a lot of unnecessary brutal chair shots I thought that spot of the two tables was, they just need to slow down a bit too much yeah. then you did it was done too fast to take in Jeff's coming next for the live crowd it was yeah. you had to see it on the replay to take it in and that's not good because yeah. you should um, yeah but it's just it's just wonderful and it's a total breakout moment yeah. total um, uh, an understated one I think it gets talked about enough in terms of like yeah. for the highest. I love that match it, was, it, was, it felt like a show filled with these breakouts like this period of time feels like a bunch of breakout moments one after the other which is why it's amazing Triple H the fucking I love the pe- the, the backdrop and the thumbtacks the pedigree and the kick out and people just not be and Triple H selling the kick out of the yeah. pedigree like fucking I mean, Jesus uh, Christ what's it going to take to the kick yeah. hooks the arms and I was like oh, no so that's perfect timing yeah, no perfect. pedigree everyone, on the tax it's over everyone always talks about like Nick Foley's bumps and everything and you know they talk about the, the, the King of the Ring and everything like that and all the dramatic talk ones. about the show talk, all day the one, the, one, the one that really still I think gets underplayed a lot is the fact he gets pedigreed face first into thumbtacks oh, yeah. I always watch that and fucking rinse it's like uh, and rinse it's just like it goes in your eyes that's right yeah, that's that's fucking stink. dangerous that's a massive and the, risk. when the ref gets one in his yeah. hand and after yeah. pulling him <laughs> out like, Triple H gets fucker. punctured like a fucking <laughs> balloon in his calf he's got that fucking nasty puncture you get fucking the, the nail rock, the rock pops out and just fucking lays him out and the crowd fucking erupts because it's just they just sniffed the rock they just that was like, so, yeah that was again that was wasn't executed that well that, that was Madison Square Garden the, 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 the small entrance it was too, yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately yeah. that didn't play it so well that the setting. cameras didn't quite catch it well it's so either. narrow it's, 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 it's narrow yeah. live it's awkwardly done so. it, yeah. there's a cameraman in the way there's people in the way people it's like Rocket comes out hits with a chair and there's like a delayed reaction like is that it's the fucking rock yeah. and then by the time they figure out Rock's gone yeah, yeah. Just, so. and just, so yeah, just the general execution of it as well I mean obviously the reason was because Foley's handcuffed at that point so it's just to and not to last year mm. and it's, it's yeah, yeah to, and you know it's, it's like they're basically going to help his mate 
but it's so it's, it happens it's ever so quick it doesn't really yeah. it, I've always felt that about that particular spot yeah. but they're like using like the pallets and everything they're using the actual uh, actual things at ringside within the street made it feel like a real fight made, made it feel street the fight. use of barbed wire we shouldn't underplay that was a huge yeah. deal at the time yeah that was a big thing um, uh, obviously you got the, 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 the barbed wire and then the fake barbed wire yeah, uh, and, and that was pussy. a bit convoluted but you understand why they had to why they wanted to triple H yeah uh, and then you have like the really kind of fun end to it even though Triple H kind of gets the win he's getting he's pissing blood all over the place and he's getting carried out on the stretcher, on the stretcher and, and uh, Cax just grabs him just rams that not finished with the it, flips him over he just hits the freaking uh, uh, the, the side of the ring it's just yeah yeah Cactus, it's not over yet. Like, that is a great bit of business. The whole show but, but, is but, just but, but, magic. As I said with the Rumble, it might have not have been the best Rumble ever, but there were certainly moments you mentioned earlier about Too Cool and Rikishi that look fucking hell. If, if, any, if there is an act that goes on the rise in this two-month period, it's fucking Too Cool and oh Rikishi. My God, I know you've been choreographing, uh, choreographing it earlier, but it's really like evident in these two months how over these two idiots uh, it, it's, it's memorable for me for the hilarious groan when the boss man comes out and the moment when fucking P. Gas and the Mean Street Posse P. Gas hits the ring and fucking necks himself on the bottom rope yeah. on his way in that's fucking hysterical and, uh, and, uh, and Taka poor Taka Taka hitting the phone because he's coming motherfucker yeah <laughs> I, to be honest I, I used to find it really hilarious I got him I watched it this time and I felt a little bad for him you I, should. I, I, I felt like uh, that could have been really, really the number bad. of buys and revenue would be the second biggest of any rumble in history trailing last year which did about 700,000 buys the Royal Rumble also did 1.1 million views on Channel 4 in England yep. between 1 and 4am. 1.1 million for 1 to 4am. Kind of puts those old numbers where like 60,000 people were watching Raw versus 70,000 on Nitro on, on satellite over yeah. here. Just puts that in perspective, yeah, doesn't it? Just, yeah. Access, access. Mm. And then from That's that... The way I could watch it. From that, Bobby Duncan Jr. the next day passed away on January 24th. Uh, his official cause of death was an overdose of the drug fentanyl, a painkiller. He had approximately ten times the amount in his system that would be considered a safe dosage. Uh, WCW signed him in 1998 to a three-year deal for $200,000 a year average. I don't know why that much, because who the fuck is Bobby Duncan Jr. at that Sounds point? slow to me. <laughs> He's been on the shelf with a knee injury. WCW was apparently aware of his excesses, since management had forced him to sign a legal document to keep him from being dropped from contract, agreeing that he would go to rehab, and until the company had documentation he completed it, he would only get partial pay. Did they and... make his wife uh, finish off his contract? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, so we go to Nitro. There's a graphic form to start the show. Dave Meltzer summarises this Nitro by saying, It was all very confusing. They announced an eight-man tournament for the vacant Cruiserweight belt and didn't mention who was in it or give brackets. They opened the show showing Scott Hall doing his... uh, He's the fourth man in the limousine. There's four limousines to start. Uh, A strange Victoria appearance here. Yeah, I was thinking, for a company company losing money... (laughs) Limos. No, four of them. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need one. Weeks after we used a monster... Truck to crush, to a, crush car. a car, especially for Hall. You could have, you could, you could have arrived in a wheelie bin, and you could have just told him it was a limo. <laughs> you would have known. Uh, they did a skit backstage where Hall was on purpose flubbing his lines to the point anyone could see his gimmick as he's trying to get sent home with pay again. That's Meltzer's conspiracy theory. They wanted to do an angle with Tank Abbott and Mark Coleman. My good buddy, Mark <laughs> Coleman. But instead, they picked a guy who's been Tank's buddy forever, who was just shown sitting in the crowd, referred to as Big A and Big <laughs> Al. Big A. After they've just signed Big T. Big A and Big Al. Uh, he called Tank a sellout when Bobby Heenan tried to interview him and said, What's, yo, what are you here for? And he said, I've known him a long time. Seen him here. He's a sellout. I'm not saying anything else, though. 
Yeah. I'm sure he says that. He does. He says, and I'll, I'll say no more. I've said too much. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned about uh, the Cruiserweight title mm-hmm. uh, being stripped off Oklahoma. Just for the record, that's that's three titles stripped in two weeks. <laughs> World Championship Wrestling. It could only get better. <laughs> also, uh, along with the uh, Strange Victoria appearance as well. Yeah, that was There's odd. also, uh, I don't know if you noticed, a random Christopher Daniels appearance. Yeah, yeah he like was. Chippendale. Backstage with his little fallen angel clerical collar on, yeah. whatever it's called. Um... Arn Anderson's on a cell phone while Terry Funk was watching to call up the champ, told him to put his pants on and made references to being buried in the desert. So, he's coming. He's coming. To which Shivani he obviously knows who it is, while the other two commentators are completely befuddled. <laughs> when, they ask, when they ask him to clue them in, he decides not to. He refuses to. Great commentary. I can't say. And, and because obviously the Royal Rumble's just happened, that was a massive show that did how, how many, how many buy rates? 600,000 buys. Uh, 600,000 buy rates. They need a big money match for the main event. What, who did they go with? Um, Sid Vicious beats Don Harris in a match where if Don wins, Nash is the champion. The match is horrible, says Dave. Uh, Luger does an interview talking about Sting and Hogan and in the main event Sid beats Kevin Nash when he hits him with Jeff Jarrett's guitar so Sid v Nash from In Your House 1 is your uh, your main event here on Nitro for the title this is where Sid hits him with a, with a guitar there's pieces of the guitar all over Nash Sid lies down as if he might have been hit as well and they basically talk about how Sid's outsmarted WCW and the NWO by, by pulling this scam that no one could possibly believe uh, the audience was actually leaving in droves while this match was going on. You could see them all just walking off. Like, WCW title match. They're all fucking leaving. Yeah. This fucking shit short, show. Man. Yeah. Over on Raw, the good yeah. stuff. Big Show comes out complaining that he had the proof that Rock's feet hit the floor first in the Royal Rumble. So, Triple H comes out first. Yeah. And he's got tape all over him. He's talking about how he's been through hell. He's and even got tape stuff. on his ear. He's got tape on his ear and Foley bit it's him like, in one like, spot. Yeah, it's almost like he's selling injuries. He is. Big Show comes out and uh, and obviously says that uh, it's not fair. Not fair, damn it. He wants... Uh, Rock comes out, Rock buries them both. Uh, so it ends up with Triple H saying that tonight it'll be Triple H and Big Show collaborating against The Rock in a handicap match unless he can find a partner. Mm-hmm. Which everyone immediately assumes is probably going to be Cactus Jack. So... We get the birth of head cheese in a backstage skit as <laughs> yeah, well, where Al's yeah. trying to find out, you know, find out a new gimmick for uh, for him and Blackman. This is a weird, oh, okay, I guess so, but it's a weird change of pace from what they were doing with Al Snow Al, the week before. Yeah, so serious as a heel, yeah. and, and then like, like, they, 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 beat they, the rock last. He, he, he was winning a lot in like the weeks prior to this, and then all of a sudden he's doing this head cheese thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scrap, let's kill it with Al. There's nothing here with Al. Let's yeah. put him with Blackman. Do some comedy. Snowstorm, snowballs. I'd have gone lethal head. I do believe I could do Vince Russo's job ten times yeah. and ten times as lewd yeah. <laughs> than Vince Russo. They, uh, they just randomly. Um... The Dudleys hit both Hardys with a 3D, and then as Terry Reynolds gets in the ring to try and stop, they powerbomb her through the table as well. And this is the start of the Dudleys powerbomb moving through tables, and this is where there's a big turnaround and in interest in uh, Bubba and Devon. Yeah. So this is a, and they play this up huge though. I mean, they fucking they stick. Kurt Angle just comes out while they're fucking wheeling Terry off on the stretcher, just you know, talk about himself some more. Yeah. The outrage, the injustice. There is a Kurt moment coming in one of these episodes. It's the just, greatest thing of all fucking yeah, time. Yeah. Someone on thinking it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that's going to be. We'll come to that. No, it's not the greatest thing of all time. Angle, Angle, <laughs> Angle comes out to basically complain about the bullshit, and Taz shows up. Uh, gets another yeah. huge pop because in Philadelphia. They do a little fight in the ring. Chokes out Angle again. A massive ECW chant, huge ECW chant, and when I'm watching this, I'm thinking, 
you've just killed him. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what you know. That's you've what just know. fucked him over yeah. by doing that champ yeah. because you know what Vince is thinking. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And in the main event, the person who teams up with The Rock out of nowhere is Rikishi. Rikishi. Well, yeah. <laughs> it makes slight more sense. That makes that makes a bit more sense. It does. It does. The out ends in a DQ when the Outlaws run in. It's a four on two before Cactus Jack finally does show up, and the, fa- the fans are just pissing their pants for for the craziness at the end. But it was just so notable because I just wrote down at the end. The fans already see Rikishi as a main event guy. Oh, yeah. Just that position of he's there with the Rock. He's there. I do fans feel bought him. Watching, I mean, they do love Scotty and Brian Christopher, but they don't take them as stars, and, no. and, right, and rightly so. They're it, fun it's, comedy. It's all, but... it's all quiche, and they're they're, they're, they're quiche's accessories. So. Mm-hmm. And they buy him. It was actually yeah. quite noble in the Rumble when like, they're doing the dance together. They, he throws them out and then just dances on his own for a little bit. And they're still going crazy for him on his own. It's like, it's the fat guy dancing in the thong. <laughs> they're like a little, uh, a little experiment there maybe as well. Yes, I thought so. Hmm. thought so too. The ratings are in. Raw is up a 6.8 to Nitro's 3.0. Over the head-to-head period, Raw had more than four full ratings points of advantage. Fucking hell! The one hour when they were head to head. Throw up those four fingers now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! After both sides signed their contract releases, WCW did in fact execute them on not execute the people, execute the contracts. January twenty fifth, Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero, and Saturn are free to start with the WWF as soon as this coming week. Conan and Douglas both stalled, wanting to uh, hmm. see what Bill Bush's next move was going to be, and didn't sign the releases that were sent to them. There was a lot of sentiment in WCW to not let either of them back. Don't worry, you won't be needed. Who, who are those? Who, sorry, who are those two? Douglas and who? Douglas and Conan. Conan. Was that because WWF didn't offer them deals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After his doctor's appointment on January 20th, the estimates are that Bret Hart will be out of action one to two months. <laughs> He was again not allowed to fly for television this week, and the plan for Super Bowl had been Vicious versus Hart for the title uh, as the main event. Lots of controversy in the aftermath of May Young's situation at the Royal Rumble. Mm. Uh, on January 29th, the MSG officials released a statement saying they were disturbed by what happened, <laughs> and the WF had guaranteed it would never ever happen again. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah. uh, just as a quick note here on the fucking greatness of these men. Because Stone Cold said so, the video has been on the video sales chart for the past sixty straight weeks in the top. It's a fucking great DVD. Uh, it is a great, great video. VHS, so. The Rock's autobiography starts at number one New York Times bestseller on January thirtieth. Totally number kill, one, totally killing Foe's gimmick, killing his gimmick, yeah. and also not quite as good as because Stone Cold said so. Definitely. A poor product from Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne didn't do this. Well, yeah, probably not. Kevin Nash suffered an apparent ankle injury on January 30th. He just can't catch a break, getting out of his car and slipping on ice. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> he underwent surgery the next day and had a plate put in and should be out of the ring for about six weeks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Did he actually have surgery? Who knows? You told them that he had. You just have, like, like, back in the old days, like, the fucking the, the women, they would have it under their skirts, they'd have those massive, like, kind of... Um, uh, like wire framing to make their skirts like puff out. Oh yeah, like you should have one of those attached to him, where he's just got this massive frame around him. You need to wrap like, him in bubble wrap. So, so, no, so, so he can't. So he can't fall over. He needs to live in one of those bubbles. Yeah, for people with those uh, allergies and shit. Yeah, can't can't can't, can't move around with the rest of the world. I still might give him a heart attack though. I suppose you can never rule that out. Poor old kid. Or concussion. <laughs> oh, poor old Kev, because it is you know inflatable. My fall. The next day, Nitro and Raw. They're head to head. Mark Madden debuts on commentary. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby the Brain Bobby. Heenan missed Nitro allegedly due to a strep throat. Allegedly being the key word. 
Or say up to this point as well, they've started doing. I'll tell you the real story in a second. Yeah, just very quickly. They they continued with Madden, but they also were is obviously pushed to Heenan to do before this was the comments about women and yeah, like how yeah. attractive and what basically doing the the, the, the Heenan shtick. It's like the Lawler shtick. The Lawler shtick, and it's so like it's 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 annoying with Lawler after a while. Um, when he does too much but it's so disingenuous and false it's and sad I it's thought sad. it was so sad to hear Brady yeah, do it yeah. he's like look at him look at him they're trying to force him to be what's on the other yes, show yeah. just like everyone like this is fucking Bobby Heenan he was on the other show as Bobby Heenan he was great so the deal was that Bobby Heenan was wanker during a production meeting was the story that I've heard from there uh, I won't reveal my source but it rhymes with um, Dark Dan <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that'll tell you that the Nitro show had to be totally redone at the last minute because both Nash and Buff were heavily figured into the show and neither were there <laughs> Jarrett was given power in Nash's absence and this, this is no- oh, and this yeah. is where he makes the NW- uh, the, uh, the Harris boys the official NWO members so uh, he gives them the shirts and yeah. Ric Flair returns on this show and there's a fucking great promo. This First of all, thing, yeah, this, is sure. be- this is the best. This is the best. Fuck Ben Warren, Sid. If you can watch one thing from this period of Nitro, okay, yeah, it's promo, Flair. Yeah. Flair's great. Flair's great. Don't watch Ben Warren, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Flair. So Flair comes out and clearly he wants to be a heel. And he basically buries the town and says, all your sports teams and your sports heroes combined aren't Ric Flair. And the crowd goes, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Flair's a babyface. He's so awesome on this promo and he's talking about how he's been, you know, they've tried to keep me off and the nature boy. He calls out Terry Funk. Terry Funk comes out. They go back and forth. He calls him a horse-faced banana-nosed bastard. It's the, the back and forth in between Flair and Funk mm. is beautiful and then they have to fight. But it makes no yeah. sense. Oh, it makes no sense at all. Mm. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, Funk wants him to help him fight the NWO. Fans are booing Funk. Funk's not over a lick by this point, the poor fucker. He's, he's screwed. Flair they just see as God because he hadn't seen him in six months and he's, he's Ric Flair mm. they, they're going back and forth on promos Flair's just ripping on Funk I'm not really sure why he had a problem with Terry Funk other than he just wanted to be a heel and then they have the fight where they go to the ground start throwing punches and it's just sad and ugly yeah. so that was, a, that, that was a, a sad situation but the so promo was fucking great we're thinking backstage with uh, Nob wanting uh, Nob uh, who's uh, Nob Nob uh, Nob's uh, no just Nob I was right uh, Nob <laughs> wants uh, Finley out uh, and he uh, pays Jarrett uh, quite a bit of cash to get rid of him fucking and hell. I'm just kind of thinking uh, where the fuck did Nob get that much money from I'm thinking why Hogan? is Jeff Jarrett still focused on getting a push now that Russo's gone yeah. That's wrong mm. thinking. Staggering. Also, Booker loses his tea and jam. This, yeah, he does. This is where he loses the uh, the letter T and the Harlem Heat music because Clarence Mason from the WWF has appeared and is now the lawyer buddy of Ahmed and Stevie. So Big T, my mistake. Because because nothing spells ghetto like lawyers. Yeah. Someone got to bail you out of jail, bro. And trademarks. Dude, fucking Ahmed and the fanny pack this week. <laughs> he's, he's so good. There, there, I don't think it's this his week. There fucking is, there is one shell week. suit. There, there is one week. I don't know if it's this one or not. There is one where he's wearing an all pink, <laughs> pink velour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever noticed at this stage, because of the gut and his general physique, he walks like a fully grown. Or in fact, he walks like a giant midget. <laughs> <laughs> you got such a little movement in his legs and yep. hips. It's a little yeah. bow-legged waddle. <laughs> 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 You hum that music next time you see a midget. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, this is where Lenny and Lodi. Oh no, this is this is the episode. Is okay. Lenny and Lodi throw down their standards and practices outfits at Miss Hancock and says the gimmick was stupid and ripped on WCW for being the most uncool place to be. Yeah. 
Awesome. Lex Luger <laughs> comes out next, I guess, disproving that theory, and challenges Hulk Hogan, who hasn't been around for a while. Then Siobhan's like, ooh, did he just say Hulk Hogan? Oh, wow. Who fucking cares, Tony? Uh, the main event is Ric Flair, Terry Funk, and Sid Vicious as a team against Jeff Jarrett and the Harris Boys. Just saying that out loud may be depressed. Flair and Funk just fight each other. Jarrett hits Sid with guitar and pins him. New, 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 new world order. Kidman beats the wall. Kidman beats the wall. Well, thanks, thanks to Vampiro. So is that still like a, an element of fun of the oh, negotiations and fucking stuff? Cares. Who fucking cares? It's over now for Kidman. January 31st on Raw, however, the Radicals debut. Here they are just rocking up, walking in the crowd. Benoit borrowed one of Shane Douglas' shirts for the Their evening. Their attire is atrocious. Yeah. Oh my god. Perry sat uh, at least no, his trying oh, to look like a... He's wearing a pull-up pie leather hat. No, I disagree with no. Perry. I disagree with Perry. No. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm not saying guy. he does look like a star. Just to say... Just he's trying. From the very first week, by the way... Eddie Guerrero Eddie's the man fucking the man he's the man the crowd love this guy they he love Eddie Guerrero anything. he could have been a megastar out the block if they wanted to I love seeing Eddie Guerrero here because he, first of all they hop the rail and it's so exciting it's like, yeah. oh my god they're fucking here the radicals are, they're, yeah. they're here these fucking great wrestlers crowd again it watching it at the time like this is so cool man I want these guys in it's, my company it's, it's, like Jericho for so long Guerrero fucking they rock up the suplex from San Guerrero's on the top rope and they look at him and everyone knows what he's going to do and they're just going crazy for it it's like, yeah. fucking I love Eddie Guerrero this, and Benoit hits the fucking headbutt they yeah. kick the dirt on, on Road Dog. for me in terms of like the mini war which was what was I watching <laughs> in uh, late 1999 um, this was the deciding factor like I know it was, it was leaning the one way anyway but this was like the fucking nail in the coffin because I said I had like my eight guys that I watched uh, you know, it was like Sting, WCW, it's a WCW wise, yeah. You know, I had Sting, DDP. There was like three members of Revolution and three members of uh, uh, Filthy Animals. You can figure out which three of those uh, they are. Not the two uh, that came to, didn't come to the WWF, I guess. Not the two that didn't get contracts. And so those were the eight guys I watched the shows for. And for me, uh, at the time, this was fucking huge. This was fucking major because not just from my own perspective of like you literally just cut half my reason to watch WCW to suffer through it in half. You took a lot of their future away from them. They just didn't realise it was their future. And at the same time, you've just bolstered your future. And the one aspect of the company which was weak at the time, the mid-card. Because you had Jericho, but you had nothing else. Mm-hmm. Hence why you got Hardcore Holly wrestling him and having China. And then all of a sudden, you just got Benoit, Guerrero, Malenko, Saturn. And you just slap them in the mid card. Yeah. Um, Hardy's getting over. Legend yeah. Christian, Kurt Angle, yeah. Taz. It was the, the final, influx. It was the <laughs> final piece of the puzzle to make this year fucking outstanding for WWF. And it's just, you watch this, and, you know, I like the email. I like get Eddie Grow, obviously, looks great. Benoit, there's kind of like, they don't go fully for all out on it, but they do kind of mention, like, they do kind of give you the hint that Benoit is the, the star. Like at least he's supposed mm. to be the star. Like he's like he was literally world champion. I think I think uh, not, not sure if it's this show or not. Triple H at one point does say, "Well, last time we saw you, Benoit, it was you were a champion." Yeah, and so they actually reference this. Um, but they look cool. They, they they look cool. They come in. They look cool. <laughs> Saturn is you know. I, I, I don't know if I, if I don't know if I'd say Dean Malenko look cool. He looked no, like no, a, no. He, he looked, looked like, like a geography teacher. He, he looked like my dad with his like, fucking polo shirt tucked into his jeans. Dean was fucking great though. Dean's awesome. Oh, Dean's, Dean's always great. He's such a great pro wrestler. Oh, I just, think- just watching watching him these couple of weeks, just like yeah, man, that's why I love Dean Malenko back in '98. Yeah, stuff, when he hits a, he is so good. When he hits a suplex, he's just there like holding him, holding right, his right, head. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I, and uh, uh, watching this time period and just thinking, 
because uh, I'm a f- I like Perry Saturn, and I just thought they slept on him watching this period because Saturn looks great. He's built this, like he's, a he's fucking built, tank. He's, he's built like, like a great fu- look. But... He's, he's built like a fucking tank. You know, he's got some like cool moves, which is like you know, which is going to get the audience popping and stuff. He's, like, he's fucking solid. You know, he looks like he, not look tough from like he looks tough. You know, cross eyed, but like you know, he, everything he does looks really, really solid. He might not be the best psych- psychology wise, but I just like watching this guy thinking everyone else looks great. But just remember, because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Moppy. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, I think they slept on him a bit. I'm not saying, like, okay, put him in the series with The Rock. I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, he was better, he was better, and they could have done more with him than what they eventually did. Well, the funny thing was that at the time, the talk was that the two they really wanted and were really high on were Benoit and Satin. Mm. Not Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like. He's got no. Yeah, he's got, mm. had no personality, no charisma. No, we, we know that in hindsight anyway, but yeah. that was always the case. And I think that was. Mm. I'm surprised it didn't go with like the Malenko Saturn as a tag team. As a team, that was. Well, yeah. I'm watching because I was watching this, uh, and I've seen the same thing. He looked, he, look, he looks like a star, and he's like, yeah, he wasn't underutilized. Kind of, but any time he, he, he gets mic time, he is a black hole of charisma, and it's he mm. does not stand out like he, he, uh, like a star on the level of guys with the personality that yeah. are standing out on the show. So I understand why he didn't. The Radicals are there as the guests of Cactus Jack on Raw. They're turned down for a job by Triple H and Steph, uh, even when Cactus said it'd be better than spending time on the Mean Street Posse all the time, which certainly I agree with. Uh, they actually kicked the shit out of the Posse at 1.2, which is amusing. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, the Rock goes one-on-one with Kurt Angle and pins him decisively, so no more complaints about the uh, undefeated streak. Mm. But it does lead to a great little moment where Taz yeah. comes out to get Angle. And then this is the timing of it's perfect where like Rock goes to get Angle but Angle ducks and Taz levels the Rock. It's like okay, the Rock gets Rock, it. Rock yeah. fucking gets leveled by Taz. Mm. And it's like I watched it like three times, like, God damn the timing on that was great. That looked yeah. completely organic. Like, that was like a set of like duck clothes. I was like, it just looked like it was like a complete fucking fumble. Because like, Rock hits Angle from behind, which makes him fall underneath Taz's arm and Rock gets it. So it's like, mm. that looked fucking ace. Like, God damn Rock's good. There's also a nice little kind of primary thing where he does the it doesn't matter on Kurt Angle with it's like, it doesn't matter where you were born and stuff and just like the timing of it and just that that interaction with Kurt who again is supposed to be green and rock and that that personality conflict just immediately working really well it's like a nice little kind of moment between those two the big show's got a haircut looks like, uh, he looks like Buff Bagwell a fake moustache <laughs> was it really? well the next week he's going he's back it's the goatee and it's a different a complete different shade <laughs> this is a thick black who told him to get his, his hair, hair cut like well, this yeah. his hair changes next week too yeah because yeah. he, he, he looked like a prick he looks like, <laughs> because, because he fucking looks like Buff Bagwell now yeah. that's why he's kind fucking of, awkward kind of. he does like, they did make a joke saying oh what well, I took Triple H again because he calls him Gomez he, or something like no, that no he calls him Freddie Mercury because yeah. he's the greatest comedian <laughs> of the time and I was just thinking no he looks like Buff Bagwell I'm sorry and people laugh like five times <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous but again Beach's too cool in a handicap match which tells you what they thought of them really like in terms of uh, wow. their real value the Acolytes Protection Agency is born yes. here as the, as the posse goes to them that's a key thing going forward Snowball Snowballs is the, is the, is the attempted name but the fans are chatting head cheese they're all for it uh, Harvey Whippleman wins the women's yeah. title and the Snowball Lumberjaw <laughs> yeah who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> and the, the main event of the show was just the Radicals beating the shit out of Triple H in the ring. You know, that was, just get to Whippleman, that was probably, I'm guessing, they thought that, they saw the Oklahoma angle, I thought, mm. that was shitly done, but there's something to that angle. 
Let's Kaufman Wimpleman. Yes. Didn't last long. No, because this, this is a week, it's a shit idea for both sides. Uh, to note in that main event, it was supposed to be Kane Triple H, but at this point, Kane has left now because the Tory yes. turn has happened. Yes, Tori. This, this feud, Pack and Kane, is like the fucking most I ever really enjoy Kane. Because mm. X Pack is so good as a chicken yeah. shit, and all Kane's got to do is just walk and then just throw some fucking hot throat thrust, and Pack just flies over the ropes. Yeah. Like, god damn, this is great. This is a perfect match. Mm. Uh, the big jewel in the ratings ended shockingly with more bad news for WCW. <laughs> Raw did a 6.6 to Nitro's 2.8. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nitro's main event of Sid F- Funk and Flair versus the Harrises and Jarrett drew a 2.2. No shit. A 2.2 going up against Rock versus Angle which did a 6.65. The Rock's, sorry, Raw's final quarter hour featuring the Radicals attacking Triple H did a 7.3. About 29... (laughs) They can only dream of getting that rating on the other channel for those same guys. Yeah. About 29% of the audience watching Nitro, this is key, switched to Raw when Nitro ended. And the reason this was different should be obvious. Wow. 29% of the audience watching Nitro switched to Raw when Nitro finished this time well there you go it's over (laughs) it is believed that Chris Benoit received in the neighbourhood of $400,000 on a downside guarantee and the other three got in the $250,000 range there's been very serious discussion or there was sorry of Vince McMahon being the one to introduce the radicals as his thorns in the side to Stephanie and Triple H uh, before Vince I guess decided against it however after a hot start there where uh, WCW's fans decided to go to uh, the WF to check in Raw it all falls apart the next day at the Smackdown tapings unfortunately Uh, the idea was to do the two out of three matches for the Radicals versus DX but Eddie gets hurt on the frog splash Uh, dislocates his elbow in brutal fashion it took them 15 minutes to get him out of the ring Um, he panicked completely when he dislocated his elbow and told the road dog to pin him when they were supposed to go over um, Triple H and Benoit which was a non-title match uh, went as originally planned the idea was they were going to do the ref bump Triple H would tap to the crossface but the referee wouldn't see it and then uh, Triple H would come back to win with a low blow in the pedigree so basically it's 1-1 yeah. Triple, Triple H, H did H- tap but he screws Benoit out of the thing mm-hmm. Guerrero 32 has never fully recovered from the auto accident one year ago and for a number of reasons says Dave is very much considered a major question mark on the inside of the business mm. which alluding to his problems there mm-hmm. um, which probably goes to some degree of what we talked about with Benoit and Satin being the two yeah. that they're really focusing on so that's a real fucking bum deal for the radicals because they just got swept yeah I remember like that does explain a lot because I always thought at the time and also watching this back I just thought that was really not the best way to no it was hard in matches is to have a clean sweep I said what business are you what good business are you doing I remember when this happened when this happened everybody was so excited for the radicals and I remember my friends of mine after watching some of the Smackdown the next Monday at school I was like who the fuck was the big deal about those guys they got fucking buried like you know no big deal the next day, February 2nd, Sabu agrees to a deal with WCW after talks between the two sides have been going on for at least several days, prompting threats of a lawsuit by Paul Heyman and ECW. WCW's plan was to debut Sabu on the unopposed Valentine's Day Nitro as a big surprise. At this point, however, it appears he won't even be coming in and his future in the US <laughs> is temporarily in question. WCW was forced to drop all plans with him due to his contract with ECW and Heyman doesn't look to be using him either. <laughs> As punishment. Or paying him probably. Or paying him probably. So. He disappeared after guilty as charged, didn't he? Well, this, 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 this was pretty much yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, February 2nd, Variety has a story that led to the stock going up a full point about Viacom and Fox trying to land exclusive deals for WWF TV. 
Funny how this looks in modern eyes, by the way, with their Fox and Viacom. Uh, the story said that Viacom was convinced as late as a week ago that it had a deal which would keep SmackDown on UPN uh, and shift the cable shows to TNN. Uh, while TNN is a much lower rated network in the USA, uh, it is available in virtually as many homes, and a switch to the lower rated network with WWF's brand loyalty these days would likely only have a minimal effect on the ratings. But the talk of a bidding war for the TV rights uh, puts the stock up a little bit. And this is a story we'll come back to. Because... Big breaking news on February the 3rd. Vince McMahon made sports and business headlines with the announcement that he was starting his own professional football league called the XFL. The announcement sent his stock prices tumbling. (laughs) (laughs) Closing at $18 a share. Yeah, so uh, there you go. A real high and low in the space of two days. I think he should have took that as a sign. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's called a press conference the next day I've changed my mind don't yeah, worry it's only a joke <laughs> uh, February 3rd Hulk Hogan returns to, to uh, Thunder after four months away so Terry's back you'll all be glad to know in his red and yellow incarnation mm-hmm. uh, The Undertaker suffered a torn peck training for his comeback this week and will be out of action for another four months uh, he was scheduled to come back and, uh, and return around this time oh good luck so, that was good that was uh performance out on the shelf that's good look for the product anyway it sure is Mm -hmm. didn't miss him we move to February 7th on Raw this uh, show starts we'll go to Raw first because it's a show that I want to watch um (laughs) The Radicals come out, basically a gatecrasher match, and do like your babyface, thanks for giving us a chance, we yeah. wanted to do it promo. Cactus Jack comes out, they come out, they want to they bring him out to thank him. Triple H comes out, and this is where we get the back and forth with Cactus yeah. and Triple H. One more match, any kind of match you want, but this is it, this is it, you're done. Cactus says, hell in a cell. Triple H says, yes, but I want your career on the line. And Cactus's promo is so good mm. to sell this match, to sell the cage, where he's talking about how everything he's been doing in his life and the one thing he's never done is headline WrestleMania if he can't beat you if I can't beat Triple H I don't deserve to be wrestling at all fucking god damn it beautiful this was so good and then Triple H starts to walk towards the ring and says why don't you guys in the ring show appreciation to the guy who has signed you to a contract your contract I mean you guys show appreciation to the guy who brought you here who was supposed to be Foley because the original premise was he he invited him to watch the show Um, you know and Foley's like me point to himself and they're pointing at Foley Triple H gets close to the ring and gets in the ring and says, "Yeah, sure, appreciation, appreciation for appreciation the guy who gave you a contract." So they jump Mick. Yeah, this is fucking great. This, this may be. So oh, this, this is, is the one fucking promo. This is the Kurt Angle moment. He's wrestling Mark Henry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. This is amazing in every fucking way. Take the so, floor. So he wrestles. He wrestles Mark Henry. Okay, that, that's fine. This is like, I think there's like some comments about both being Olympians. Battle of the Olympians. Yeah, battle of the Olympians. But you know, Angle's an actual uh, successful <laughs> one. Um, yada yada yada. There's just this great moment. I don't know how it comes about, but I don't care because it's just the actual moment of Kurt Angle Olympic slams <laughs> May Young. Celebration. And it's and, 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 and it's celebration. It's just amazing. It's, <laughs> it's nothing new to what like Kurt Angle does. We've seen it in the celebrations, but it's just the fact he's just Olympic slammed a fucking whatever, an eighty-year-old woman and celebrates like he's won the medal. Like, Woo! It's like, yes, he explodes with joy. <laughs> it's, so it's brilliant. It is from this point uh, because you know that they just, they go totally OTT with the violence to women. Like everyone's oh every week just to get a pop, yeah. and it's stupid. But fuck me. Kurt doing it this is hilarious I love this so much 
Mae Young, my favourite re- women's yeah. wrestler of all time, <laughs> easy. And I gotta say, like, uh, there's there's also like a nice little bit as well because obviously he's just he's just angles like, he does angle slams an old woman who's also pregnant. They're doing yeah, this, they're, this. Just remember, folks, this angle is still going on at the time. There was a great moment where they got him in the back, uh, and. Uh, I think she's like I don't know. Oh, I remember. Her. And she, and she and she's she on a stretcher. Yeah, she starts to strip, and the look on the paramedic's face. They zoom in on the paramedic's it's face. Absolutely money. I don't know who he was. I don't know if he was a genuinely a paramedic or an actor, or whatever. But the look on it, the sheer horror on his face, <laughs> is absolutely. Perfect. The camera's behind May. She takes a jump off so you can just see her back, but that means that you can see the paramedic's face in front yeah. as he's looking at what we there can't is, see. I, and I, his eyes like I don't know, but I got a feeling there might have been a zoom in there on is, the There is. There's a zoom in on this horrified face. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like we've been there, man. And we just when I it. thought this show couldn't get any fucking better. This yes, is, yes, I know. Hardcore yes. match between the yes. APA and the Hollies, where Viscera does a run in and falls on his fucking fat ass. He fucking shockmasters himself. This is amazing. The, the, <laughs> thing is, the thing is, though, this is even better than the shockmaster one because at least in the shockmaster, there was a reason why he fell over. It's, it's the wooden board that he tripped over. In this, watch it. Viscera falls over nothing. <laughs> there is nothing. Or there's no, there's nothing. No, there's nothing on the floor. There's no liquid. <laughs> there's no banana uh, skin. There's no. There's nothing in his way. He just falls over <laughs> from like like a ghost trips. He, co- he runs from around the corner. <laughs> he barges <laughs> some guy out the way. And then he just goes. He's holding the board. He's holding the two by four. And then he just goes. And he just fucking falls on the concrete. Everybody laughs. Oh, you fucking loser. Oh my. Hilarious! This is a great show. The Dudleys, show. Uh, the Dudleys lose a tag match when Bubba Ray fakes a knee injury to lure the nurse BB down to the ring, yeah. uh, so that he can get his hands on her. This is good. And they try to put her through a table, but the Hardys and Edge and Christian make the save. So he's got his next target. He's yeah. trying to get BB, but uh, yeah. but he can't get her yet. Those chivalrous, chivalrous, sexy uh, blondes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we got a video package of Taz on the streets of Brooklyn, which I thought was a cool little package. Again, so far, everything's kind of going all right with Taz. Um, the Rock. I, I should say, by the way, the whole thing with uh, Cactus yeah. at the start of the show. Triple H said it's going to be a 10-man tag. DX and the Radicals are going to yeah. team up against Cactus. And if you can find the partners, great. If you can't, it's five on and, one. And five it, on one. Yeah, Cactus does a great promo as well. Because like, obviously, that's what you're alluding to. Is the Rock turns around and says, you know... Does a stick and then turns out. It's not five on one, it's five on two. And a crowd explodes! And then because Rock, who they love, is a good guy. And he's mates with Mick. And And it's a real friendship there. Yeah, Yeah. just everything. He's such a cool, arrogant prick, Rock. But goddammit, we want want to have this seed of heart. Feeling that he has a heart and he's a good guy deep down. That makes him cool. Yeah. Because he's, he's an obnoxious cocky prick who does yeah. heal things, but you know what? Deep down, we know the way he really is, and we we like that. Well, he's not obnoxious. And, and, yeah. and Foley does a really nice promo as well in counteraction to that, where he turns around and says, I, "I was fully," which makes him look great as well. Where he's just like, "I was fully prepared to go into this fight five on one," which is showing like how okay, maybe crazy and stupid that he is, but also you know how how cool he is as well. That he's willing just to do the fight like that. But he goes, "Well, I'm also not stupid enough to refuse the rock, uh, the, the, the rock for help." So like, great, okay, it's going to be five on two. And so it's great because it leads leading into this this absolute magical match, one of my favourite matches ever. Thank you, Luke Edwards, uh, for leading me to this. This is like so fucking great. So you generally think, okay, the DX radicals come out instantly, booze. They got the heat because that opening angle, that opening promo at the start of the show, 
was so fucking good instantly the fucking heat on, on, on the radicals x comes out looks like a douche Triple H that's your team fantastic fucking Cactus Jack comes out massive pop rocks music the roof the place fucking just turns into a volcano it just erupts it's absolutely energetic and it's great because they really do make you think for a moment that it is going to be a five on two and then just a moment and just a moment just as they're kind of running because the rocks are striding down it's a fucking badass he's like oh let's fucking go there and he's just ready to go and then like the two cool music and it's sort of like absolute chaos is immediately happening and like the kind of lights go out a little bit and you hear like two calls music and you see Rikishi and uh, 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 Sexay and uh, Hottie run down and the crowd are popping for that as well and it's just this match is fucking amazing it's non-stop it's, greatness it's, yeah, it's everything that a match like this needed to be because it's, they didn't just go immediately into okay we'll go with a little bit of a hot start and then we'll just go right into the heat they don't do that they spend the first half of this match just doing the um, the musical chairs of just like they have two guys in and then the heels will tag out. It's like Canadian Stampede. In. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, and they bring a new heel in, then those two will fight, and then the faces will tag in. So everybody got a go around. Everybody and got shine. then the second half is is uh, the working over sexy. But that first half is just it's electrifying every fucking time. Obviously, the rock comes in. And crazy Jack goes in he's doing the fucking punches in the corner that looks so electrifying uh, you know Scotty it, it, too high uh, radicals and, look and, great yeah, yeah radicals look great like fucking Benoit hits the perfect a German on Rikishi perfect German suplex you'll oh. ever see I'm pretty certain that's the Germans that they literally mapped him put it in no mercy it's literally looks, <laughs> it almost looks borderline robotic how perfect he hits it and the crowd go fucking crazy and the commentary goes nuts because it's like Rikishi's got a fat ass how the hell did Benoit get him over looks brilliant Dimalenko just looks like a fucking technician he's running around like a fucking crazy man he's great he's running match. around like Tully out there he's running around like Tully you've got Perry Sam fucking laying everyone out he's doing like fucking super kicks on Rikishi Suplexes. he looks fucking great X Pac's bumping around like a fucking monkey when, when Pac's in there with Rock it's magic every yeah. time he's just, he's just doing these, these massive leap bumps and everything and he's like Rock goes up and slaps Triple H Triple H goes flying into the turnbuckle and stuff, into the, um, the uh, ring uh, barrier this match is absolutely just fucking magic from uh, from beginning to end. Radicals well, go over. Radicals yeah. go over. They get yeah. the big win. Yeah. And then there's the fight goes on. The yeah. fight goes on. The outlaws come out. So the faces are now outnumbered. Got the dude's bat, uh, not the bat, uh, steel pipes. Yeah, and stuff, yeah. yeah. Lights go out, and then Paul Bearer waddles out and gets yeah. a thunderous ovation. Yeah. Because everyone knows what it means. Yeah. Kane's back, and he joins the fight, and just he's just choke slamming yeah. everybody. This is. 20 to 25 minutes of just Excellent. absolute gorgeous sexy wrestling television you could not look like a hotter promotion yes, yeah. I mean standard. it's just amazing this is the point where it's like go home and, 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 go and, home WCW and, 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 you're drunk and, and, it's and over you send all your talent home you might as well go home and, yeah and, and it's, it's, again it's, it's all because of that open segment as well it's not just a random actually just put together and they just managed to work it really well it's just, it's just a payoff the great payoff of, of, of obviously everything that's been going on for the last few weeks but it's just a great payoff to what they saw earning in the show and that's the great thing about formatting that's why like week two of Nitro is so fucking awful there's no formatting in it they set up the fucking main event they make you crave it by giving you the right just amount of things or putting stakes on there so yeah you're heightening the, the attention between Triple H and, and Cactus Jack you add the heel turn of the radicals later on in the night you add the rock in there because you, you, you got to uh, so you add that little injection of energy into it and then at the very just last constant moment, Tease and evolution. Just, yeah, they just build it, build it, build it, and it's just—it's excellent one-episode storytelling. 
Let's contrast this with Nitro on the I other see what channel. They chose as the main event. So this is really the only thing that's really worth talking about is Scott Steiner's promo on Ric Flair, which was on the same show. And this is, of course, the famous like <laughs> dressed like a pimp at first, where he takes his stuff off and he gets serious, ripping on Ric Flair, just absolutely mm. ripping him to shit. Just talking about how you, your best of friends, got Stone Cold fired from here. And now when you came on last week, everybody turned the channel to watch Stone yeah. Cold in the WWF. Reference WWF and turning channel because, yeah. you know, that hasn't hurt them before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ric Flair's this butt-sucking bastard who ripped off Buddy Rogers' gimmick. Right, I don't... Okay, I don't understand. I, so, is, is Steiner... This in their minds a face turn because Flair. This was Rick Steiner. This was Scott Steiner deciding he was going to do this on the fly. Steiner talking. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Scott Steiner just rips on Flair for no reason and just goes off on one saying, "When you came out last week, everyone took their remotes and turned to watch Stone Cold on the WF. The guy you got fired from here because you're a jealous old bastard." I will put down while this is stupid. I did put down Steiner. It's fucking great though. Oh, he's hilarious. (laughs) He's great. He should have been the main event two years ago at this point. To be honest. Uh, they showed clips of the uh, Terry Funk Ric Flair I Quit match from 1989 and Mark Madden put the match over on commentary uh, Terry Funk then wants to wrestle David Flair in an I Quit match uh, and then mm. loses by quitting he basically tries to kill David Flair to lure uh, Rick out but, Three pile drivers. but it doesn't work so he just quits to save uh, to save David's poor neck I suppose Lex Luger came out and called himself the Cal Ripkin of wrestling <laughs> I don't know what record he set but... it was uh, consecutive games but it's longevity I think what about Lex what record did he set I don't know maybe <laughs> is he like the only main eventer to consistently turn up for Nitro shows <laughs> yeah. maybe possibly actually point, think about yeah. it we'll come back to that one That's point, that point, might yeah. be actually a jo- an inside yeah. yeah maybe it is there you go that actually might be a, a little uh, wink wink they showed a clip of a Hogan's atomic drop on Liz from Thunder that was something special uh, Jimmy Hart did a promo on Lex Luger saying more people watch Hulk Hogan go out every morning to get his mail than pay to see Luger when he made events the house shows <laughs> by the way we're shit everyone <laughs> in the main event Sid Vicious beats Scott Hall top babyface Sid Vicious when Jeff Jarrett costs Hall the match with the guitar uh, Jarrett ends the show telling the Harris twins they have to make a choice between Hall and Jarrett because obviously Hall Nash is gone Brett's gone so Hall and Jeff are fighting over power of the NWO. This is this is what's going up against that ten man tag we just talked about here. Depressing is is the word. Ratings are in split of the NWO again, yeah. and the elevation of the Harris Boys. Instead instead of Hollywood versus Wolfpack, it's Jarrett versus Hall, and the Harris Boys are on the line. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. The ratings are in. Raw did a six point five to Nitro's two point seven. The ten man tag. Did an 8.1. <laughs> yep. Take that, Mike Graham. Sid versus Scott Hall did a 2.8. Once again, and this change coincides with the radical switching sides, when Nitro ended, Raw picked up about 26% of the Nitro viewership. And that's even with TNT continuing with wrestling-related programming with the movie Shutter Speed, starring Sting and executive producer Eric Bischoff and Jason Hervey. Uh, the decision to turn the radicals heel was actually made the day before by a, a conversation with uh, Vincent Mann and Mick Foley interestingly enough I guess Foley had pitched that he thought that the Radicals were kind of DOA after the Smackdown debacle so they thinking I'll work with you I'll work with you basically turn your heel because you're fucked as baby faces turn your heel I'll work with you and there you go so uh, yeah I guess that, that was where the, I think that was the conversation where the 10 man was born um, Scott Steiner was sent home from Thunder as a disciplinary measure for the Flair promo at Nitro on Tuesday the guys were not taking the being sent home seriously why the fuck was he even there then 
Why the fuck? He showed up to Thunder and then they sent him home. Communication in this show. They've paid for tickets to fly him out there. Yeah. If you're not going to use him, same as all the other guys you sent home a couple of weeks ago, don't fuck him up there. Don't fucking have him there to start with. Don't save, fly him his, in. save the flare. To, uh, the, uh, the fair. The fair. Um, not the fair to flare. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't give the fair. To flare. <laughs> uh, the, the, the guys are not taking the uh, the being sent home seriously. Figuring that Scott Steiner's punishment was that he got a day off from the road with pay. He was, however, suspended for ninety days with pay. Yes. <laughs> Both Sting and Bill Goldberg did interviews with Alex Marvez on WrestlingObserver.com. You know what? I'm just going to go quickly, very quickly back. Go ahead. You remember Nash saying, and Brett, I could do the time off, I yeah. want the money. Higher-ups obviously realised, here comes the logic bomb, folks. The higher-ups, <laughs> I hear it whistling from 30,000 feet. Whoever, whoever they may be, these higher-ups make the decisions. Um, they obviously realised the guys don't care about not getting paid, so let's still pay them and not use them. That'll show them. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you should have overworked him. That would have fucking yeah. really. I'd have done it. Uh, so, yeah, Sting and Gobba do interviews on uh, WrestlingObserver.com with Alex Marvez, knocking WCW. Uh, Hulk Hogan then went on Bubba the Love Sponge and ripped WCW for not putting him on Nitro that night, saying the company won't spend money to make money. <laughs> Imagine saying that this year. <laughs> they won't spend money to make money. He was particularly hard on Billy Kidman, saying that Kidman wouldn't even be able to headline a flea market wrestling show, and said that WCW needs to stick with Goldberg, Sting, Savage, and himself to bring in the ratings. Savage. Fucking bloke. Well, one of the four, right? Yeah. 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 Um, on February 11th, as we move along, Hard Body Harrison, Bobby Walker, and Sonny Ono file a racial discrimination lawsuit against WCW. Uh, the suit claims that WCW violated federal racial discrimination laws, humiliated minority performers, and created a hostile work environment. The lawsuit also noted the Buff Bagwell blackface angle with Ernest Miller back in July that promoters push white wrestlers at the expense of minorities, that racial slurs are used, and nasty racial jokes are posted at the WCW offices, which we talked about before when Bischoff got canned. Uh, Sunny Ono is attempting to recruit several of the fired Mexican wrestlers to join the lawsuit. So, uh, this story grows. There's no, rest- there's no racism in wrestling. No, of course not. Of course not. Fucking the state of this company. Scott Hall appeared while getting on the plane uh, to WCW's tour of Germany that he hadn't slept in days and told people that was the case. <laughs> he got sick on the plane going over and was in no condition to perform the first night. As punishment, he had to put over Fit Finley the next day. There were incidents every night at the bars regarding Hall challenging people to fights and even throwing cake at his girlfriend, Emily Sherman, who is the niece of Turner exec Brad Siegel. As he went to the airport to fly home with the rest of the crew, his condition had worsened to the point that authorities wouldn't let him on the plane. Because of this, he missed Nitro, causing a total change in plans to the show. Of course, he is the main event of the next pay-per-view. <laughs> Locker room morale in WCW has continued to sink in the wake of the return of Hulk Hogan. Several mid-carders were upset by the remarks he made on the radio show since it confirmed what everyone believed from the beginning. Con- uh, Canyon, uh, who's been friends with Kibben for years, asked for his release from his contract at Nitro on Valentine's Day. So, uh, they're all trying to leave. Unbelievable. So we come to Nitro and Raw, Valentine's Day. Unopposed Nitro, this is. This is from 8 to 10, so we'll talk about them first. Presented in the most complete uh, form possible due to original production technical difficulties. <laughs> that was what was shown on there. Yes, on the okay. network, this. Because in case, you, in case you didn't gather, they played the same opening promo package twice. Yeah. <laughs> And and actually, the, for for the editors that are in this room, to which there are two, um, it wasn't the same promo package. 
it was it was the it was the promo package they're supposed to show, which was the second one, and the first one was the original rough edit. Oh, really? I missed that. Fuck me. Because there were certain elements of the second time they showed it that was absent in the first, so it was a rough edit. The production. This needs to be stressed. Even worse. And there's a Hogan interview backstage where he's doing his full Hogan spiel. And then I guess they cut, so he just stops, breaks character, and he's just standing there. <laughs> but the camera's still rolling. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Way to make him look like stars. Oh, yeah. The NWO starts this show out. Well, the elite. The elite, the the elite of Jarrett and the Nazis, basically. Yeah. Kevin Nash appears live and announces a three-way for the title of the pay-per-view with Scott Hall after the shit that's just happened on the, on the tour. Funk versus Lex Luger happens. I drove, ugh. Dustin Rhodes pinned Canyon in 90 seconds with a bulldog. It was nice to see Dustin Rhodes because I've seen him do the Don't Try This At Home videos for the last two <laughs> months and now he's appearing on TV. Yeah. So it's fucking phenomenal. That's triple threat tag match. That's that's the, can- money, the money match. That's ca- what's that? Read it to me. Hit it for me. Is this the Mama Luke's? Blair yeah. and Crowbar the versus Mama Luke's. the Mama Luke's versus Harlem Heat 2000. Yeah. This match is splendid. <laughs> Who's the best worker in the ring? Crowbar? Yeah. We didn't, even, we didn't even mention when he debuted and he tried to do the uh, actually he was on Nitro the first time he oh, tried, he tried to, to do the pull the uh, plunge yeah. on Booker T and fell on his ass oh, like Viscera fucking he did look like Viscera he looked a lot yeah. like Viscera yeah. the dimensions yeah. of the fat yeah. Yeah. Viscera slash giant midget <laughs> and, and what was the main event of this Nitro well Dustin Rhodes will overturn no pop Hulk Hogan beats Ric Flair by disqualification when Lex Luger interferes uh, after the leg drop so got to mention that uh, whenever they showed Hogan on the screens, there were mainly boos, but when he came out, he got a big pop, so go figure. And in your main event, Jeff Jarrett beats Sid after hitting him with a guitar, and Mark Johnson counts the pin. Jarrett and Sid, unopposed. Oh god, I sure hope they don't main event, uh, main event of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan and Flair was the big one, obviously, they were thrown out here for, for people. 19, it's fucking 2000 Hogan in, in the red and yellow versus Ric Flair. Yeah. In 2000. Yeah, 1991's WWF main event. Um, that's just the one off. Well, yeah, I hope so. Over on Raw, starting at 11, running through to 1 in the morning. Lots of Mark and May on their Valentine's Day date here. Oh, God. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. I gotta tell, I gotta, too much. I don't like detouring away from the notes, but I have to just for a second, please indulge me. As I tell you about the story about how I thought, you know what? I'm gonna try and watch some of these shows at work <laughs> on my phone at lunch in the canteen. <laughs> And the scene where fucking Mae Young whips out the edible panties comes on, and I quickly have to shut the phone off as my team leader comes walking by. Oh Christ! Oh Christ! <laughs> they actually do on this show Chris Benoit versus The Rock, and Benoit goes over. Yeah. Interference in the big show, but it's only like a punch to the head and a German suplex, and Benoit beats The Rock. Um, obviously they put the heat on, on Big Show being the reason but still quite a, quite jarring to see Benoit big win uh, big focus on too cool on this show you get uh, Road Dog beating uh, Grandmaster Sexay but the crowd's into Sexay yeah. uh, Scotty beats Billy Gunn Rikishi is a handicap match with Malenko and Saturn and is like just bumping him around and like they're just like feeding mm. Rikishi the whole match it's fun yeah, it's, uh, it's also, so fun uh, I got this down whether you correct me or, that, correct me or not uh, was this the debut of the stink face I think it was. Yeah, because this is the first time he hasn't done the stink face so no, far not during this timeline. But um, this, yeah. this is it. Yep. 
Because um, he does it the angle later on. That's the, but yeah. they've already got the name by then. Uh, the main event on this show is Triple H uh, and the Big Show in a handicap match versus Kane. Uh, the idea of this match is that. Uh, if Kane wins he gets the match with X-Pac at the pay-per-view no holds barred Pac's furious that Triple H would suggest this match get made but then it's kind of okay with it Pac's interfering liberally throughout the whole match Rock and Foley come out Rocket's Big Show with a chair Kane pins him you fuck that Pac <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that there's also one other match on here go for it I was saying there was a Crash versus SA Rios oh yeah the, with Lita yeah yeah. Lita. That was uh, Lita's debut on the on the main roster. This uh, is no, where Bob Holly's on commentary. Yeah, uh, this was uh, just uh, obviously I've a little cool about Sabres before. This is actually a, a pretty good uh, showing, actually. Um, yeah, he got over. Nice, nice little match. Doing to Lita, like, doing her and run yeah, on the floor nice, and all nice, that. Nice little act. A, I, was, I was watching him again because I said he was a little kind of cult favorite amongst me and my friends watching him. And uh, yeah, his moonsault's fucking fantastic. That's oh, gorgeous. Just fucking beautiful moonsault. Gorgeous. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, just a little note on that one. The only ratings question of the week, says Meltzer, was whether or not WCW would beat the Westminster Dog Show on the USA Network. <laughs> the answer... People loves dogs. So the fact, answer um, was no. Told you. Wow. <laughs> Nitro did a 3.6 to the Dog Show's 3.9. <laughs> they can't even beat the Dog Show. Unopposed, they did a 3.6. I'm amazed they got 3.6. Think about that, though. Nitro peaked at a 4.4 for Hogan versus Flair. I mean, it was... Over the live crowd, if I remember. Yeah, it was huge. Over huge, the live so crowd. You could just see, you just see the machinations of all these of, of the higher ups. Thinking, oh God, yeah, he's right. He's right. Mm. He got a big reaction anyone on the show. He's a superstar. Mm-hmm. It means more. Yeah, they boom, but look when he goes out there. Mm-hmm. More bad news for WCW. It's supposed top face and top heel went head to head on TV here. Sid versus Jarrett. The rating for their match for their match dropped more than a full point from the previous uh, segment to a three point three for the main event. Raw. In its one night time slot, did a 4.3 and still beat Nitro. <laughs> Rock versus Benoit, starting at midnight, still did a 4.5. Uh, the last minutes, the last min- uh, six minutes of TV did a 17.2 share. On a school night. On a school night. Yeah, fucking hell. So the share and the rating aren't the same thing, but the share is the percentage of people who are watching television at that precise moment yeah. uh, who, who That's were watching. That, that is. For that time period. Fuck. That's, that's the kids staying up just to see the rock and Scott Hall <laughs> arrived for the Thunder tapings bragging that all that resulted was he got to spend another night in a four star hotel in Germany and got a night off work in the dressing room of the Thunder tapings he apparently made a threat that he was going to do something to Terry Taylor in the ring which some were saying was probably more of a rib than anything serious but it was taken very seriously and he was pulled from the air this led to a roughly 35 to 40 minute delay in the building while the fans were there before Thunder started while this mess was being sorted out. Hall went straight to the hotel bar, bragging that they couldn't fire him because his testimony was too important in the WWF WCW trademark lawsuit. What? Yeah. Do you know what? There's a, the there's, state there's, there's of this there's is something, there's fucking something unbelievable. strangely beautiful about Scott Hall and <laughs> just this this brutal manipulation it's not his matches no it's not his matches no just, just the, the polit- or polit- I guess you could say politicking of it but it's just, I don't know the wheels there's, are off this fucking yeah, wagon seriously yeah it's fucking he's hell. lucky he's not dead yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's, it's, uh, it's drunkenly spinning plates Hulk Hogan was on Man Cow on February 18th saying his match with Lex Luger would turn the company around that nobody under 40 on the WCW roster has any credibility in wrestling and that Perry Sam had never drawn a dime and never would. <laughs> so he's talking to you there, G. What are your thoughts on Hulk Hogan's opinion on Perry Sam? 
So, after Shane Douglas kept refusing to sign the release that they sent him, WCW has just officially given Shane Douglas his, ni- his uh, 30-day notice. Yeah. Apparently, he's being handled differently than Conan because he never actually asked for a release, just in t- uh, attended that meeting with Bill Bush to imply his position. He saw those pre- pre-donuts and he, he rocked up for the meeting, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Where's the fucking donuts? <laughs> Said he. Yeah! <laughs> This may be this may be alluding to the Cal Ripkin of wrestling Lex Luger here. Sting has pulled himself off a run of house show matches. He's supposed to be at Nitro this week, but has simply refused to come, so he won't be. <laughs> Please don't ask me why he's allowed to do things like that and still get paid what he gets paid, says Dave Meltzer. He's just not showing up for work anymore. <laughs> Bollocks to you. Oh, blame him? This is a good little tidbit here. The long-term plans are to build to Bill Goldberg versus Tank Abbott for the Starcade main event this year. Um, wasn't that another reason they fired Vince Russo? Yes, it was. Okay, so that's two of the three reasons. <laughs> are bullshit. Yes, indeed. That Sunday, it is the 20th of February, it's WCW Super Bowl 2000. 5,538 poor bastards in the building, not a sellout. What was the buy rate we said? Sold out 0.25 for uh, 98,000 yeah. buys. WCW Super Bowl, a month later, 0.15. Wow, for fuck's sake. 56,000 buys. Yeah, what? TNA has done better numbers than that. That doesn't surprise me in one respect, because I, similarly to those people, did not watch this show in the the build-up to this pay-per-view. I thought... I was trying. I was trying really hard, guys. I was trying so hard to watch every single show, so, you know, I had something to talk about, at least. I, by this point, I just thought, fuck it, it's not my job, it's not my responsibility <laughs> to watch their shit, and I can probably predict what's going to happen, and I know it'll be completely irrelevant by the time I turn in, tune in to watch the next Nitro. And I probably, sure as shit, was bang on the money with that one, and me, like everyone else, didn't watch this show. I do in- like the fact that even on this historical rewatch, they still drove you away as a viewer. Every single... <laughs> So, you know, I'm skipping through. I'm playing my football manager. I'm watching Raws. It's the best time I'm having. <laughs> I'm having a great time. And then I have to put on these shows, and they're just so fucking grey and old and nonsensical. And even when I'm not watching them, it hurts. It's painful not to It's painful to listen to the shows going on and, like, to try to do something else. I just couldn't even do that. I just thought, I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to try. Fuck it. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, WCW. I'm going to talk about how shit you are without even watching you. And, yeah. and that's what everyone else did at this time as well. Yes. By far the lowest buyer ever for any pay-per-view of the big two. Uh, this is a shit show. I wrote, who cares, in giant letters. Uh, Meltzer says, there is little to say about Super Bowl 2000 other than James Brown was there and got a big reaction and the crowd popped pretty big for Hogan's ring entrance, I guess. The only other thing of note uh, that I want to mention here is the Tank Abbott Big Al match leading to Big Al dropping him and leads to the great I'll cut your fucking throat with a knife to his throat and again even this Russo's gone yeah but it's a something on a pole match have they changed standards and practices knife to the throat have they, has anything changed since he's gone I mean the, the execu- apart from the talent and the guys being focused on but for me like the angles the, 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 the dialogue and the promos I had a I had a serious difficulty wouldn't, and I wondered 
I wonder if he'd like left a script on on his desk when he got fired and shit candle whatever. Yeah. And they decided, well, we let's just roll with it because we haven't got anything else in place yet. It was there was remarkable similarities. Mm. I, I couldn't tell when he left at what point. No, I knew he left at some point. But that's I tell striking because that show yeah. was fucking it's, awful in the Russo. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe actually goes. Maybe that just goes to show that with all that's going on at this point, you can kind of understand. We can see it's in fucking chaos and there's no organisation. Before this point, there's no that excuse should be <laughs> there because. That's the point we're at now, but that's obviously the environment. He that environment was still there when he was there as yeah. well. So, but again, is that him? I mean, that's an element of him, but it's also an element of this this company. This whole the structure of the company is fucking tired. Scott Hall in the main event takes a guitar shot and gets injured. Injured by the balsa wood guitar. Not rubber. No, not rubber this time. Um, Scott Hall was going to be fired after Super Brawl, but wasn't due to the timing of his injury. Wow, that's good. Mm. It is said to be a bruised spine, and you can imagine the scepticism. He was in the ICU for two days, but from there, the jury is out. So, there you go. Scott Hall conveniently injured at this particular point in time. Uh, February 21st, the day after, it's Raw in the Georgia Dome. 27,000 people in the building for a fucking red-hot episode of your favourite wrestling show. <laughs> DX arrive in the DX Express. Everybody's out to start. Yeah. Uh, the heels get the upper hand in the end, but this is what, there was something here that you wanted to touch yeah, on. Yeah. First, I did cover two things. First off, um, uh, just to say they 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 cross over what happened on SmackDown, which I, and I don't remember this angle, um, but this just tells you how fucking red hot this was because they got me again because I don't remember this angle where on SmackDown they did the whole DX Express where each member of DX was wrestling um, the Rock, uh, Kane, and uh, Cactus Jack individually. And with Kane and Jack, after the matches, they would beat them up to the back, put them in the coach, in the, in the DX Express, and then basically drive them off yeah. and leave them out in the streets. And so it's like, okay, because by this point, I was kind of well, quite obviously noticing the 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 theme of a lot of these wins, uh, wins and losses, uh, and they're being basically very one sided towards uh, DX and a particular member of that team. Uh, and just kind of rolling my eyes over this again, where it's just like, man, they're not doing Kane or Jack any too much favours on this, just beating them and just putting them in bus I was like oh god they're going to do the same with Rock they can't do the same with Rock Rock's got to get something on them and then they do the same thing to The Rock they, they put him in the him bus up and they put him in the bus and I was thinking oh they're, they're just going to put him in the bus like everyone else but Rock does the fire back Big Show Big Show waves the bus yeah. off as they drive it away and well, then yeah. as the bus goes yeah. away you see Listen, The Rock's behind him with the at, two by four at, at first it's like he actually fights him off and I thought that was it I thought and then they put him in the boot and I was just like oh that's it they just gave him a little bit more of a fight back I said that's it so when I know because I don't remember this angle at all. Sounds so right, when it drive, right. when they drove off, Big Show just like Big Show's not cool enough to ride the DX Express and just waves. <laughs> and that reveal of the Rock with the T by four, I fucking popped. I it's genuinely great. popped as if I was watching into that. I went, "Holy shit!" The Rock got out. He goes, oh, "He's my fucking hero," and he just fucking whacks. <laughs> that's why he's a like, top. And, baby that's face. Why, and that's why he's a top baby face. And that's like, oh god, finally the baby face has got one over because it's the great thing of like one, obviously he attacks uh, the Big Show, but two, the DX. You're thinking from there, the DX are going to go out into the fucking road in the highway somewhere, go to open up to get. Right <laughs> there's, back, no and see, there's no one there. Go, oh fuck! <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. back and just see Big Show still laid out on the floor. Uh, but they, they, they showcase this uh, obviously in the, in the opening promo package and they start with um, a, a DX uh, promo I think it is and then bit by bit The Rock comes out Rock wearing a fantastic shirt black shirt with red Bomber balls all over it oh yeah I wish, I, I wish that they actually produced that I uh, probably that. did and, uh, and Cactus Jack comes out and cuts a promo perfectly fine and I'm sure everyone else is, is a perfectly fine promo I couldn't stop crying for laughter from this promo 
uh, sorry Mick, this promo did not land for me the way you were intending because basically he explains about how he was left stranded on the, <laughs> on the road, side of the road, on the side of the road, and uh, basically said, "Luckily, I'm not as hated as you, Triple H, so I easily got a lift." Uh, and basically hitchhiked. talks about this hi- uh, hitchhike. I uh, easily got a lift by this guy called Big Al, a uh, big girl, <laughs> big, sorry, big girl, sorry. And I told him about the story, and so he's telling the story, but he's trying to be intimidating, saying like about all the things I'm going to do to you in the cell. And all I could think in my head was this story from the perspective of Big Earl. <laughs> he's just driving along. He's just a hard-working truck driver, just delivering his goods. And he sees Mick Foley on the side of the road with, with his leopard skin fucking boots and his, with his thumb out. And he just goes, oh, okay, I, okay, I don't want to leave him on the strand of the side of the road. So he picks him up and then this fucking maniac with fucking burns and scars all over him talks about this random guy called Triple H who he wants to fucking tear apart in a cage. And this guy's going, what the fuck? And then just as it doesn't get any worse, Cactus turns around and goes, Oh, I know them. As he looks off into the distance, as a light just comes in the view, view of Kane and Paul Bear, Bearer on the side of the road with their thumbs out, like lift. And he goes, "I know them from work." Pull over. And this guy looking at this fucking seven foot fucking idiot in a mask and Paul Bear going, "Where are you pull over?" The roads are mighty quiet, mate. I'm just thinking this image of this poor guy driving along, going, "What the fuck have I got myself into?" Is all crunched into this small cabin on this fucking truck just thinking I can't wait to get it back home I just thought sorry Mick this, this promo did not land I was crying I had to watch it again because I couldn't pick up anything he was saying it was just the image of Kane and Paul Bauer on the side of the road there was a great moment actually a couple of weeks ago that I do want to give some credit to some, great, some more great comedy from Foley where it was when they were doing the, uh, the handicap match of um, Kane versus Triple H and Big Show Toy had been tombstoned on Smackdown the week before so she's in the neck brace yeah. and when Foley does the run in to make the save for Kane Tori's there at, at ringside with the neck brace yes! on, trying to turn around in time to, to get Foley it's like oh my god Mick Foley's coming out she turns around and Mick Foley like shoulder bars is on his way to the ring and just knocks her down <laughs> that was great stop. doesn't yeah. stop at all amazing uh, Viscera splashes Mae Young again mindless violence towards women yeah this wasn't this wasn't the angle this, this one didn't matter it wasn't nearly as funny um, although actually the moment before that preceded it was hilarious when Bob Holly ran gave her a clothesline to knock her down and celebrated with his arms out <laughs> best moment of Bob Holly's career uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys team up against the New Age Outlaws and the Dudleys in a really good match the acts are really starting to click um, Jeff looked fucking awesome some of the bumps he was taking in this match I this guy's like Push him, push him now. Um, Earl Hebner fucks up the finish. I don't even want to give any dignity to it because Earl Hebner's just fucked it up yeah. awfully. And Edge was furious and stumbled off to the back. Um, there's a great promo from Foley, not the big Earl one, but there's one where he's with Michael Cole backstage where he makes Cole lie on the ground and says, imagine me standing over you 16 feet in the air, ready to come off. Does it scare you? And then calls it yes. He's like, does it scare you? He's getting really, really fired up. Yeah. Cuts the, f- the motherfucker promo for No Way Out this Sunday. Everything's on the line and he vows to come off the top of the cage after Triple yeah. H. So uh, that's, that's great stuff. Main event is Big Show, Triple H and X-Pac against Rock, Cactus and Kane. And like you say, Triple H gets the pin again, uses the fire extinguisher to the head of Cactus Jack um, to get the pin. The brawl kind of continues after the, after the match. Mm-hmm. They go to the DX Express, Triple H flees, and Cactus runs like this just big fucking trolley thing with a pole on yeah. through the, the, the window, the windshield of the DX Express to end the show. It's, it's just something that just kind of really just become kind of very obvious as time goes on during this time, uh, during this particular period of the timeline of just how 
little the baby faces are actually really getting. You know, you, you get distracted by the massive pops and just, the just being awesome. Yeah, and it's just just like just that vibe. But yeah, even like like with the ten man tag, which is such a hot fucking match, the heels won that match and stuff. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of forget it because it was just such a hot match. Benoit beat the this, Rock. Uh, yeah, I'm just watching this more and more. Thinking, man, they're really not giving these guys much. Like, like Jack and, and Rock. Over on Nitro, they got the Hogan Luger cage match they're building all week. Uh, there's a heavy focus on the fucking Harris twins who hit the H bomb, their big move, on Kidman and Lash LaRue, ruining their match. They did the same thing to Booker T and Disco Inferno in there. So, Billy Kidman, Booker T, there's your fucking place. Putting over the Harris bro- fucking brothers. Vampiro beats Fit Finley and then gets Tombstone afterwards to put him in his place. Uh, Dave Meltzer writes After how Kidman and Vampiro and Booker T were treated, I was ready to ask for my release. <laughs> Um, Buff is shown hitting on Symphony and getting shot down. What a fucking loser! <laughs> what a terrible angle that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buff uh, and the well, Maestro. The second one's the worst. When when the Maestro jumps in backstage, just the angle starts with Buffs on the floor already. I guess because they didn't, because Maestro's pretty shit. Yeah, and they couldn't like in there with Buff and he's shit. That says a lot. Um, I guess they couldn't get him onto the floor, or maybe Buff just didn't want to go down for him. So then, then he gets up, and then they go have a little shoving match. And yeah, the match is fucking atrocious. Maestro is terrible. Yeah, he's, he's poor. terrible. Poor, poor, poor. Um, Sid does an interview saying that he's going to wrestle Jeff Jarrett uncensored, and the crowd booed. <laughs> I fucking love that. And in your main event, Hulk Hogan beats the shit out of Lex Luger in the cage. Ric Flair runs in freely and gets his ass kicked too because all hail Terry. Uh, and the show ends with Lex Luger doing the whole arm in the chair deal. He's been, he's been breaking everybody's wrists. Does it to Doug Dillinger? The head of security. Hot stuff to end Nitro. I just wrote fuck this on my notes. That was your note? That was my note for this Nitro. I fuck was t- this. I was, done, I was done by this point. Nitro was just beyond repair. Um, Raw ended up doing a 5.9 down a little bit. Obviously they'd, uh, they'd missed the week in their regular time slot to Nitro's 2.7. Raw peaked at a 7.05 for the last six minutes of the show while Nitro's main event of Hogan versus Lex in the cage which was going to turn the business around did a 2.6. Yeah, it is going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy Gunn suffered a torn rotator cuff on SmackDown on uh, February 22nd in a match with Bubba Ray Dudley. He's going to be having surgery within a week or two, and preliminary estimates have him out of the act- out of action for about three to four months. God damn! Bad timing just, for Billy. Just when the mid card was, was, was full of talent, and we go and lose Billy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That Sunday, Sunday, 27th of February, it's WWF No Way Out. 12,551 people sell out the building. A 1.28 buy rate for 480,000 buys. Mick Foley loses in Hell in a Cell and retires. In a match that, to be quite honest, gets bigged up a lot. I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's quite slow. Uh, And the fans aren't really with it at all until the end. Which is fine, usually. I usually say that's fine, but like this one, it's like... They're not believing in this match at all until they get out of the cage. I, I thought um, at the time it was this was obviously was it third or fourth? Fourth. Well, if you include the boss man one, so, then uh, okay. Um, it's just it was it wasn't. Uh, I think at the sense that anyone really believed Foley was going to win. No, they didn't. It was at the time coming before Mania as well. It was just oh, I lost my train of thought. It was just. And you had all the expectations of the previous ones as well. You had Foley. Obviously, the selling point was him vowing to come off the top. So there's a lot of expectations, um, and I was going in prepared to be disappointed again. It's not again, but you know, 
on that premise, but I, I thought it was okay. It was better than I expected. And yeah, it was a good match. But well, again, they got where they wanted by the end. Triple H looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, looked badass. Beat, beat Foley in his own match, and, and you know, we had that story with Foley. So uh, by the end, I don't think it was it wasn't bad or anything like that. It wasn't bad by any means, but it was not the classic of the month no, before. I, I don't. I, I don't think the crowd was quite as bad as that. I thought the crowd the crowd were into it, but if there was any kind of um, maybe kind of uh, diminish. In the crowd, and maybe may come apart, come, come apart due to the to the match just before where the Rock lost to the big show to the big show. So that may have probably dampened the crowd a bit and kind of gave them probably. a bottle because the Rock is supposed to be the guy, and they've just seen him last uh, lose. So it's like, okay, so what are they doing? So by that point, I was got, fucking floored when the Rock lost that you match. Know, that is, it was just like you know, I shame that man returns into the chair. They're probably all way. thinking around, well, okay, if that's going to be the reaction, I'm pretty certain that the main event of Mania is not going to be Big Show Foley. Like, it seemed to me watching this. I don't. I th- I just. It felt to me like they always had in mind to do the four way. I think the they. Way, fe- I the think way they... it was booked, it's certainly like as soon as Foley, this happens. No, for sure. before before yeah. this, as the, the Foley promo about headlining WrestleMania, it's yeah. like it's a throwaway. I mean, initially I thought it's a throwaway promo- promotional vehicle, uh, tool to you know get people to watch. His, his career's on the line. It's serious. It's obviously he's saying these things to put gravitas onto his words. Um, but just just saying that and it just felt to me like in retrospect they were always going to go in this direction mm. which I never wanted them to do because I always thought it should be more than Triple H yeah. moment, but just the nature of it um, it did feel like Big Show was, wasn't going to be put in another angle in another match at Mania they always wanted to do that before way yeah uh, Too Cool beat the Radicals the result that floored me at the time yeah. to be quite honest uh, the Dudley Boys win the tag team titles this was uh, again by this point they're over yeah. yep um and, and that's the end of the Outlaws. Billy Gunn's done. Bye-bye, Billy. Uh, and Kurt Angle wins the Intercontinental title. Yes. And then proceeds to uh, celebrate for the rest of the show, going through like the crowd and the, <laughs> the concession stands and everything. It's putting boot the car eventually, isn't it, I believe, yeah, by China and Jericho. Yeah. So that's the, uh, that's the lay of the land there for No Way Out. Good show. I don't think it was quite as good as the Rumble, but uh, that, that, that's an show. exceptional show, so what do, you, what do you want? Which moves us to the final Raw and Nitro of this period. Uh, we're Madison Square Garden again. They've gone back a month later after the Rumble. Yeah. I, I I appreciated the Triple H coming out all sombre, yeah. talking about the wounds. We're going to play a very special video from Mick Foley, which then turns into the Shit's DX spoof, where they just show him getting the shit kicked out of him, complete with the scratching his ass clip, <laughs> which yeah. they showed like five times and got yeah. a pop every time. He got laughed at every time. There's a there's a scene from him on the fucking Chef Boyardee commercial. He's just lying yeah. there, like rubbing his open chest with, with the shirt open. It's like, what is this doing? This was actually very very funny. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. was this was rare WWF comedy that was fucking excellent. Mm. You say that, but it was there was it was a very funny show. It's just a really enjoyable show at this point. Yeah. There's a lot of good comedy in there. Oh, there's a lot of bad stuff will come to. But it's wrestling, so it's hit and miss. I think on this show, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that as I was saying. I thought about it. Better put a disclaimer in there. Um, but it generally is a very funny show. So, yeah. Which something the other show is not. No, no. Triple H beat uh, Books, The Rock versus The Brooklyn Brawl. Let's say Rock's going to have to start yeah. at the bottom. Rock beats him in. Fa- fairly quick but it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been as, as long as it was Brawl actually got some good offence on him it's like I was like well, I'm watching Raw and Brooklyn this- Brawl is getting a duke on the rock after losing to Big Show I'm just glad he won this match yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Shane McMahon comes out and says that The Rock could win a handy. Uh, well, basically, Shane comes out. They do a bit of a conferring at ringside with the uh, the McMahon brain trust. Triple H comes up with the idea that if The Rock can win a handicap match over Big Show and Triple H, he'll get the title shot at WrestleMania. This is when Rock gets the line about how if WrestleMania is going to be Triple H in the Big Show, then WrestleMania is going to suck. <laughs> um, Billy Gunn gets beaten up by DX and thrown out the door. Yeah. And Mae Young gives birth to a hand. Yeah, this wasn't this, a good this, uh, this was not the good comedy this, you were talking this about. This wasn't Mae Young's finest hour. This no. Was, this was poor, poor. This, might, this might have been one of Pat Patterson's finest hours. He was quite funny. Was, yeah, was funny. I don't know. I thought this was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> because it was bad. Because it was so bad. Because you've got Mae Young, who's, uh, who uh, gets... Uh, um, Attacked by Crash. Okay. Oh no, no. But she, what happens? She, she hits over. a big splash yeah, on that's Crash. It. Hits a big splash and sells the stomach. Like, oh my baby, my baby. So they get her in the back. Her both her legs are being held up by trash cans. Yeah. Um, she's smoking a cigar. Smoking a cigar while she's giving birth. There is a great line in this where <laughs> the paramedic turns around and says, "When was the last time you had your period?" And she responds with 1957. <laughs> That cracked me up. That was a funny joke. That was a funny gag. And then the and ridiculous then, actually, sound no, effects. Only, oh yeah, the sound effects were terrible. The ridiculous sound but, effects while giving birth yeah. to a hand. Yeah. The doctor put, pulling Mark into the sign saying, are you sure she's pregnant? He's like, yeah, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was stupid, but there was like a kind of a bad go to it. It was like really bad, but it was funny because it was bad. Speaking of, Taz and Chris Benoit on this show yes. gets two minutes before... The boss man and Albert, who, by the way, just buried Taz the night before. I was at no way out. For this, Fucking man. terrible. I was excited for this man. Me too. This was actually pretty good while it was going as and well. Like, and then it's like a DQ, and it's like the Bradicals lose again. The boss man just fucking stinks, and he's just boring. And Albert sucks, and just there stink on anything, especially when like they intermingle with the good wrestlers. It's so just a, they, they. Taz was cooked here. Everything yeah. is pulled down to the lower card. Um, yeah, yeah, getting cast cast as the little guy with a big heart who's tough because he won't stop getting beaten up yeah, yeah. that ain't gonna work he's tough because he no. yeah exactly he went from a first a good first two weeks to this this as soon as he put with boss man out but he was done um, he was second toast. match on this show was really fun as well um, we had uh, Angle versus Rikishi oh um, yeah this is really good uh, Angle Angle again, the ass. Angle's fucking great he eats a stink face sells it as only Angle can with that mug um, and then walks out of the match and he quits yeah it basically uh, it breaks down into a, an angle with Kishi Jericho China two cool and radicals brawl so that's basically that's like a snapshot of your main uh, your mid card scene mm-hmm. like all your over ta- talent in the mid card scene ends with minus, a, minus Billy Gunn Jer- Jer- Jericho and China joining in the, yeah. je- the dance and, I believe and, and Jericho and China join in on the dance at the end for a nice little one of the first time somebody joins in I seem to think I think it is I think it's so the there you go. a nice little bit of fun to see tears the, the house the, down Jericho yeah the crowd eat it up they eat up and in your main event The Rock beats Triple H in the Big Show in the handicap match but he doesn't pin either of them which was the stipulation you had to pin either Triple H or the Big Show to get the match at Wrestlemania mm-hmm. wins by DQ when Rock has Triple H beat but Shane runs in mm-hmm. uh, show chokes Am's Rock to end and it's kind of a bit of an underwhelming flat finish to the show to be honest it's yeah. like considering how hot things generally are which um, is that continuing thing of the Rock not they're not giving him Rock doesn't get much. it Rock doesn't get it it's, it's really coming good. it's coming oh, in yeah, March it's coming but they have to wait a while over on Nitro oh fuck it I wouldn't say this this will be a surprise guess who returned on this show just think about how fucking far in the toilet WCW is at this point think about who you hate the most from 1999 WCW and think if I was going to kill this promotion if I had lost these fucking incredible talents and I had to bring back one person from 1999 
to make the television show alive again, who would you bring back here and who would you guess? Hmm. I don't know. Who do you think of and think, I don't want that on my fucking television? I, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> From WCW. I know, is, it, is it an Italian for Cyber It's or? fucking Ricky Rackman. No! <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I missed this show. Oh my god. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> What what has he got a photograph of? That's what I want to know. Hulk Hogan does an interview on video and got booed out the building again. He's so fucking 80s. It's terrible. Yeah, terrible. This is when they're talking about the strap match, the yapper pie, the apple pie strap match. Booker T goes through a no contest uh, with Kidman in 90 seconds when the Harris twins run in and give hate. Why? Why are the Harris boys being pushed like this? No idea. Three count win the hardcore title, beating Brian Nobbs, so three men are holding the singles belt. Again. That's better than the Russo league. point. Yeah. And the main event is Sid versus Tank Abbott, which they build to all show like it's a big deal. They're asking the fans they're who's going to win. They actually built to it. Well, they throughout the course of the show. Tank Abbott uh, taps out to Sid's crossface. <laughs> he learned off Benoit. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Well, you know, he's a tough guy. If that can make him tap out, then... That's the movie he's going to take, because yeah. he knows it works. Raw does a 6.5, so it's back up to its strength. Nitro is a 2.6. Back up to his <laughs> strength. <laughs> yeah. Back down to the toilet. 2.6 one of the lowest ratings it's ever done. Uh, the main event of Raw versus... Sorry, Rock versus Triple H and Big Show did a 7.2 rating. Nitro's main event of Vicious versus Tank Abbott did a 2.75. So, still better than fucking Hogan and Lex in the cage, by the way. The Rock, ominous precursor this is, may be up for a part in the movie The Mummy Returns. We're about to lose him. We're about to lose him just when everything's perfect. Regarding Hulk Hogan, apparently the company has resigned itself that for the next two years, due to him being under contract with creative control of his programs, they basically have to cater to his whims. You can just imagine how much more damage will be done with two more years of what has been failing for the past year of nosediving, says Dave Meltzer. Well, it won't be two more don't years. Worry about it. <laughs> it's not going to be two more yeah. years, Dave. Hate to say it, but it ain't making it that long. Ain't no one taking two more years of these shows, bro. Nope, <laughs> not a soul. And then, to wrap us up here, based on what Hulk Hogan's been doing lately, closing words on the period from Chris Benoit, who on his website wrote, What I really want to address here regards someone who should stand out as an inspiration, a role model and a leader in the dressing room, Hulk Hogan. Here is a guy that would show up and disappear into his locker room, which had a do not enter sign posted outside of it, concerning himself with only how many segments he had, what hours they were on, and which segments were before and after his. He would walk around, when he did step out of his confines, with his cocky arrogance as if he were the king and we the paupers. From what I hear, not much has changed. My question is... What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Says child murderer Chris Benoit. Don't you think it's time you start to make a positive difference behind the scenes? Lead, follow, or get out of the way. Leave the ego at home and start making some real contributions to the business and to the fans that made you. Hulk Hogan was on the Bubba the Love Sponge show and claimed that he thought Benoit was a top talent. (laughs) And anyone who followed WCW will get a great laugh out of this, says Meltzer, that he always spoke up for Benoit, always wanted him to get a bigger push on TV, more TV time, and that the people in power had always wanted to bury him. Honest Hulk. Well, if he says it, then... It must be true. Who are we to doubt? Who are we to doubt? And on that note, we are done for the months of January and February 2000. A beautiful beautiful landscape on one side death on the other 
That show stinks of death. Yep. Nitro stinks no of death. No features. There's nothing. All this time we've lamented how could the ratings be what they were for WCW when we've always maintained it's the depth of existing star power. Well, they've pissed all that away and worse than that, they've actually given their, their best workers to the other side and the other side which had a stellar main event for so long with top fresh stars but no depth no undercard well that's changed now and this undercard's fucking awesome this two month period has sealed this it was dead it was over anyway but you look at it now and it's like in the last two months and that's the one thing I do love about this period of time you kind of touched on it before but it's that fact of look how quick you can get guys over when things are hot because in this two month period from December when things were good but cold underneath the main event scene Angle Taz Radicals Hardys Edge Christian too Dudley's cool. Too Cool Rikishi. Rikishi fucking hell Kurt Angle yeah, yeah. Angle, Angle, Angle is Jericho. obviously there Jericho's yeah. now Pac. in his proper yeah. place Pack is great the Outlaws are still over and still good for what they think Kane is being used very very well during this period of time mm. even Big Show's being used well I think considering what he is and what you got what you, what you got to yeah, make with him yeah. Rock is awesome this is Triple H's mm-hmm. making Cactus's mm-hmm. promos are fantastic I'll, I'll take Viscera fall on his ass <laughs> if I can get the rest of this show yeah. I'll even take Bossman and Albert mm-hmm. yeah. because this show is just so good and I just uh, you look at WCW and you just despair that the Harris boys mm. that's what it's come to it's so pathetic there is a hilarious tidbit we'll get to in March. I can't wait for the next episode of the timeline that hammers home just how fucking bad this is for WCW now. It has gotten so bad, and there is something that happens in March that I don't remember happening that is outstanding. And I'll leave it on that note for uh, for January and February. Unless anybody has any final comments, it was okay to compare these two shows before because it was very interesting. Because in '95 they're both struggling, so it's interesting to compare. When '97 there's something interesting is happening, it's interesting to compare. When they're, they're both uh, successful in different ways in 98, it's interesting to compare. 99, a very kind of overrated year, has its problems mm-hmm. for both of them. Very interesting to compare. When you get to 2000, immediately, the first week of January, there is nothing to compare about these two companies. One is absolutely excellent and firing on all cinders. The other one is a fucking sack of shit. It's, 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 it's almost like you're comparing them there, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, not, but, but not by week by week. But it's just, so that's why it's just I just opted to, I'm going to watch the shit first because I'm going to get, get it out of the way. Uh, and Jesus, that was hard going. I, I struggled after week two. Week two, mm. I went to bed angry uh, watching that one. <laughs> Uh, and, and then I, 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 you know, I, I rewarded myself with the excellence of, of WWF. As I said, it's just the foundation for everything that I love about wrestling. And it continues. It yep. continues that the rest, of the, most of the rest of the year of, the, of 2000 for the WWF. So there is a lot of great product to come on one side. WCW on the other side is just absolutely fuck flailing in the dark, and we're going to get two more months of this at least. But don't worry, because there's a, the Saviors coming back in April. Oh, God. <laughs> both of them both of the saviors the dream team is coming in April to save WCW from the ashes from whence it came so on that note we'll wrap it up uh, this has been a supersized edition of SCG Radio talking about January and February of 2000 but so much to talk about fascinating time in the business it's been a blast and I hope you enjoyed it too so thank you very much for listening for G. John Chase Big Girl is the real hero, hero here so. <laughs> and for Kieran O'Rourke fuck you Elton John I am Liam and we're out of here. Talk to you next week.